obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. But, uh, I'm joined uh, today, as always, uh, by Anna and Gil um, to the Blue Liner on Point and Anna Knox. Uh, they're both uh, part of the Power Play Point podcast. And uh, we've got a special hockey roundtable uh, to discuss with them today. We also, if you can see on our Twitch feed, which I know you can't see on Facebook, we've got a live scoreboard um, on top um, as well. So we are uh, watching a live game uh, with the Wizards and the uh, Timberwolves. And right now the Wizards are up uh 133 to 111 which is great because they had lost all their previous games this week and i really didn't <laughs> want to talk about a perfect yeah you know, we, we did that last week with the the capitals it wasn't <laughs> particularly fun uh so i was kind of hoping uh to at least get a win even if it's not technically last week at least it's on this show so and a live win is always exciting too so again I'm just under five minutes left uh in the fourth quarter so we'll start with a hockey round table uh we will bring in uh some football guests actually I believe Dujanay and Champ are going to be uh, talking about the big uh, win. Um, we got Huge. over Atlanta. Uh, it was uh, very, very exciting. Um, and uh, a lot of teams got some big wins uh, this weekend. So we'll talk about some football with Dujanay and Champ. And then we will bring in our uh, special Wizards roundtable to recap how this game went, as well as uh, the less fortunate games earlier in the week. And then if there's still time available, I might do a quick uh, scoring uh, recap in the World Cup just to give a standings update and uh, preview that there's a big game uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's the last game for Team USA. If they get a win, they advance. So it's a very exciting Huge. game. Uh, so we'll uh, preview that game. Anna, did you watch any of uh, Team USA soccer? Have you watched any of it? I have. I have. No, oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I just didn't, you know, um, chime in as much. But yeah, no, it's very, it's very exciting. Uh, and it's actually kind of cool because a lot of my students are really into it. So they came in today like, did you watch this game? Did you watch this game? And 
I think that's so cool. So it makes me happy yeah. that people care about soccer. It is one of the, the sports we do talk about uh, on this show, but it's not as frequent because it's based right. on who wants to come on and talk with me about it or who wants to call in to talk about it. And yeah. if, if you ever want to talk soccer, if anybody does, they can always reach out to me. I'm always happy to do it. And we can schedule a segment on any week on, on the show, either in the summer or whatever. So I'm always uh, happy to talk soccer with them as a former soccer coach. And uh, so um, did you play as well? Uh, you know, I was that 18th man on the team. Yeah, I could play a little <laughs> bit, but I wasn't playing a lot. Right. So um, I actually ended up becoming a manager pretty quickly on. I said, hey, look, I have a pretty good eye for sports and stuff like that. Let me sit and keep stats with you and maybe you know help coach a little bit. And so they let me be the stats guy uh, in both soccer and basketball. Uh, right. And ultimately, I did actually assist. Uh, a championship team for our high school soccer team as a coach. Um, so later on with one of my good friends, one of the very first years I worked at the school I worked for. So, um, so cool. that's yeah, soccer is a fun uh, spot in my heart. I'm happy that people are talking about it as well. So uh, that's, that's exciting. And uh, Gil, did you watch any of uh, team USA? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been keeping up uh, very, very, uh, strongly very uh, strictly uh, with with the world cup it's it's one of my favorite uh international sporting events uh probably even more so than the olympics um so yeah i've, I've been watching actually all the matches as many as i can uh, some of the early ones unfortunately i don't get to catch the ones that are at five in the bloody morning but yeah um the others uh yeah especially team usa and um well all, all of the, as I, I explain to people all the time, all of the countries of my heritage, I, I catch those games too. Um, uh, Ireland, uh, who didn't qualify. Uh, Scotland, who also didn't qualify, unfortunately. Germany, the Netherlands, and of course, uh, the Republic of Korea, um, who unfortunately <laughs> didn't have a, a great game, although they staged a great <laughs> comeback. But um, yeah, I, oh yeah, I, I but I've been keeping up with it pretty, pretty good. I like, I like the effort, love the effort against England and I can't wait for uh, tomorrow's game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about it real quickly. Cause maybe I won't get time at the end. And I mean, we don't get to talk yeah. about the world cup very often. It's sure. and the fact that you both actually watch it uh, is yeah. exciting. Um, so it's a big game against Iran. People don't know. We had a good result. We tied against England in a, in a you know, a pretty close game. Uh, England knew if they tied it, it was kind of a guarantee that they're going to advance. So it was a strategic game for, uh, for both teams, but it does set up this really exciting game against Iran, who's I think a lot better than a lot of other people give credit for. So it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be in the afternoon, uh, tomorrow on Fox. It's going to be another one of the, yeah. the tough games. So it's going to be a two o'clock. I, is coverage started two and the game starts at three or is it coverage start at one i, I think coverage confused. is at two yeah 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 so i think maybe the game starts at three so um and uh here i'm gonna just double check it just so we have the correct thing but uh yeah it's uh what are your thoughts going into it i'll start with you anna and then i'll get gill's thoughts uh i keep freezing or am i frozen on no, your screen you're fine on mine so okay yeah i hate i hate when it freezes and it's like do i really look like that <laughs> um <laughs> No, I'm excited. And, and I think, it, you know, uh, you want to be like politics aside, but man, I'm loving um, the support that they're giving uh, Iranian women, but I'm just going to throw that, throw that out there, but the U.S. is, I should say. Um, I'm excited though. And, and I, what I like so much about it is not as dramatic as um, other soccer games in which, you know, they really milk those penalties. This is like, nope. And you can even see the ref being like, Mm, 
done, not doing this, move on, you know, kind of and thing. By the way, you were right. The game is at two. The coverage starts at one. So okay. uh, what's interesting in this round, they don't want other teams to know the results <laughs> of the other games because it might throw how you would play it, right? You might play to a draw if you know that that's going to win it. So they actually schedule them at the exact same time, which I think is Ooh. an interesting thing. So Iran will play U.S. exactly at the same time as the Wales plays England, uh, both wow. at two o'clock. So I didn't know if people know that, but it is a way to avoid you know trying to throw a final game or having an advantage playing earlier in the day uh, versus later in the day which i think is kind of a cool thing uh gail what are some of your thoughts well uh hopping on that that the reason why um uh, well i'm i'm the history guy so i gotta throw this out there the reason they did that was because of what happened in the 1982 final uh germany austria and algeria were all in the same first round group and uh, Algeria upset, well, what was then West Germany, uh, and they fell behind in the standings. And, and Germany had acquired enough points, but their last game was against Austria, and they were actually leading the group. And it, they figured out, they it happened to be the last match in the group, they figured out that if Austria had only lost by one goal and no more, they could both advance at Algeria's expense. So what happened was... West Germany scored an early goal, and for the rest of the 90 minutes, they spent basically uh, it, at midfield kicking the ball back and forth and oh, not advancing. Yeah. And that's why they schedule the last group matches for the same time. That's why they do it, because of what happened. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so I think we did lose Anna's camera, but I still see that she's here. So I don't know uh, if she's trying to fix something on her end, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to go. And uh, Anna, if you can hear us, you can uh, try to you know leave and come back and see if that fixes it. Uh, but for now, I will, we'll do the two-man rotation, and then uh, when Anna comes back, uh, we'll bring her back in as well. But uh, thank you guys for breaking uh, some of that World Cup down with me. I actually was able to put up the, the World Cup logo real quick uh as well for that segment uh so a, a lot to be excited about um uh, any final thoughts um gil for tomorrow's game well yeah i i look for the u.s to come out very very strong i i think it, as long as you know they really go i i sound like i'm talking about the caps here but you know it, it's it's the same principle if they play to win i think they have a very good chance of winning as long as they don't sit back and play like they're afraid to lose or afraid to make that mistake. I think if they press the attack just as they did with England, I think they have a very good chance of coming out with the victory. doesn't matter how many goals they score. They just have to come out ahead and, and they know they have to win. There's no other choice. So there's, there's nothing like bringing it down to all one game and you ha you're having to win. They've got a very strong, speedy set of strikers and attackers and forwards that can get the job done. And uh, Christian Pulisic, uh, Tim Weah, look for those guys to be active on the attack. And uh, I think I think anybody who tunes in is going to be uh, in for an exciting game. Yeah, I wish I wasn't working during that time, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great game. Uh, I am envious of anybody who's not working and can uh, put that on. Uh, I'm sure it will be a fantastic match. I'll definitely catch the highlights and um i hope that we're able to find a way to, to win in advance and if we do then we'll continue to talk about them we still might give a little updates here and there on it um 
uh, throughout the, the next month. And uh, so um, I think I'm just going to go, Gil, with uh, you, and we're going to break down some of these early games. And then whenever Anna can jump back in, uh, we'll, we'll bring her uh, back for that. Uh, yeah. I'm going to shit. Oh, she is back. I'm okay. here. There you, there you are. Uh, all right. Go, go figure, right? <laughs> it's like the computer's been fine. And then all of a sudden, it's like, just kidding. It's all good. I'm actually going to let Gil real quickly give a, a little uh, snapshot of what you guys uh, talked about this week on the Power Play Point podcast while I uh, switch the graphics uh, and share this to a couple of groups uh, to try to get their comments as well. Sure thing. So we go over our usual breakdown of the three games that happened during the week. Thankfully, it was a 2-1 week. Um, really, the only bad game was the the game before the, the, the Sunday night or Saturday night game against the Devils. Um, but our feature game, we made the the Calgary game where they pretty much dominated the um, in the three nothing win. So we go into that into the most detail, which is our format now to save uh, save on time and and uh, provide, uh, I think, a better better discussion overall of of how the caps are doing. Um, I would just say that the the uh, the discussion was a lot more positive since it was two wins out of three. So uh, it's it's hopeful. The tone is optimistic. Maybe just maybe the Caps have now started to find their identity, and hopefully in the coming weeks when they start to get even more personnel back, they'll start to turn things around. But you know the reality is, unfortunately, they're still under 500. But it, it it's getting better. And that that's that's the overall tone. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope that people go and check that out. I had a very busy day today, but I'll definitely uh, be checking in on my drive time. Uh, if people want to go check it out themselves, they click the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com and click the PowerPoint Point podcast. And you can get that latest episode uh, right now or right after this show uh, if you're listening live. And uh, uh, yeah, so let's get into uh, the week that was. Anna, I'll let you break down the games and Gil and I and you can break down uh, them a little bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, why don't you start with the first game sounds good so last wednesday we have caps welcoming the flyers uh first period flyer score first at 527 but 1105 here we go marcus johansson scores a power play goal assisted by ov and oshi which is yay oshi uh second period flyer score the only goal and in third uh in the third period milano who's become a favorite of mine, I have to admit, and I think Gills as well. Uh, scores his third as assisted by Kuzi and Oshi at 17.02 to tie it up. Going into overtime, the captain scores number 10 uh, at 104 for a 3-2 win. Exactly yeah. what they needed. I'm, I'm so happy that they got the win. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, well, Gil, I'll let you break it down first and then I'll give my thoughts. Yeah, this was, well, this was uh, one of those games where the Caps could easily have uh, gotten down on themselves and decide to chase the game. Well, they were chasing the game, but the two goals scored were uh, not exactly Darcy Kemper's finest moments. So uh, we talked about this on, on the episode. It, it was, you know, it could have been an easily a, a woe is me moment. And uh, here we go again with the goalies not, you know, not being their best first goal was kind of a, a, a fluky bounce between Kemper's pads and, and the second one. I don't even know how that one got in. That was kind of a crazy deflection. Uh, but you know, that when that second goal got in, it, it's just seemed like it could have 
changed the attitude a little bit, but uh, our boys just kept fighting and uh, Milano got his tying goal and uh, he did what I think the cap should be doing more in that uh, he charged the net when he scored the goal. I think instead of, and, and that's, that's going to be the key is if they do more of that, instead of relying on perimeter plays, you know, that's, that's going to be the key to jumpstarting their offense. It's no coincidence that TJ Oshie coming back his first game in what, what was it? A dozen games or so mm-hmm. ignited the offense again. That's no coincidence at all. Anybody could figure that out. And, and his style, which is the same high slot area, battle in front, put in traffic. And, and when, when he gets room, you know, release that lethal shot of his, but also, he's, he's a great net front presence. And when you add that to all of the other skill that you have, then it's, you know, it, it's, it's a lethal combination. It's a winning combination. So it's no, again, no coincidence that when he came back, they, they had a, you know, a chance to win, and, and they did. That's re- really what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to uh, give a big shout out to Casey, who's actually in chat on uh, Twitch uh, right now. So uh, he wanted to say <laughs> hi to you guys as well. He was part of our round table on last week's episode. If they missed that. Yeah. Go check out episode uh, 290. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I appreciate um, uh, him for joining us in chat. And I do think we talked about this, I feel like last week, where I said we're missing four key components and any one or two of them back could make a huge difference. And, uh, you know, one of them, obviously, we, uh, you know, we want Tom Wilson back, uh, but uh, Oshi is a heart and soul player. And as Gil, as you were saying, I really think that his presence was felt and it was the lift they needed because both teams were very desperate. Neither had won in a long time. It looks, it looked for a long time, like Philly's desperation level was a little higher than the Capitals, uh, but the Capitals were able to, with a big one, um, we call him the cookie monster now, you know, Milano. Uh, so the cookie monster was able to save our bacon, right. And uh, tie the game uh, <laughs> Two two and uh, you know Ovechkin came through you know as he always does I mean it's just just incredible I just Gil what do you think it is how can he have so many uh, overtime goals but never once in the playoffs I just that stat still astounds me I I I don't know that that boggles that definitely boggles the mind I think one of these days he will break through and get an overtime goal and. I keep thinking that when he does, it'll be in a game seven or perhaps in the, in another final series, hopefully. And that, you know, hockey karma will do its thing when, you know, that yeah. happens. Uh, but but it, 25, it to be something 25 totally times, different. 25 times he's done yeah. it. And not he's going to have to do something <laughs> totally different. Cause I think it's like, they're just on him. They got his number, no pun intended, but, but it's expected. They know. So I think that, you know, he, he's just going to have to do something. I, I, I don't even know what he could do because everything seems to be quite fantastic, but um, he's to, just going to have to do something different. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next game, but um, he's definitely inspired a lot of the players on our team. It must be so cool for them to watch them growing up and see him do these incredible plays and then get to play with him. Like we've heard yeah. these stories time and times, but one of the guys that <laughs> I, I want to talk about is Kuzi, right? Because Kuzi is another player who's not been playing up to what we need him to do, especially with so many people being injured. But 
his goal in this uh, next game reminded exactly. me so much of an Ovechkin goal, just the sliding on his butt and scooping in. you got to imagine that Kuzi saw that as a young kid growing up and was like, I want to grow up to be like that guy. And he gets to play with him and watch how he learned and does it. And I just, you just see the TJ Oshi and Kuzi and Ovi when they play to their game. Yeah. It's a different team than we saw last week. And well, not and, having and, Oshi be a part of it is a huge thing. But um, and what's uh, going to change for Kuzi's game with the big helmet? Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> but I love, like, his, I love his shootout thing. I, I kind of want him to teach everybody on the team to touch it a million times and then fling it up there. I don't know why that works, but it's <laughs> freaking brilliant. I know, I know Gil it's, hates the shoot. It's, it's, well, it's kind of funny. Uh, the, 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 we're let, going back to the World Cup a bit. The, the Portugal um, uh, <clears throat> Uruguay game today, um, the Portugal's second goal was on a penalty kick. And the guy who took the penalty kick, he did this stutter step that reminded me exactly of what Kuzi does <laughs> in his move in the shootout when he just taps his stick. He, does does the 50 deeks or whatever it is with, with his stick handling before he shoots he did the stutter step before he got to the ball it must have been five six seven steps he took to confuse the goalie and it reminded me exactly of what koozie does during the shootout so i it's 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 awesome that you know in a lot of ways hockey and soccer kind of tie tie to each other um but you know, not not to not to steal Anna's thunder a bit, but uh, you what you what you guys have been talking about, especially you, Robbie, just now with uh, Oshie's injection back to the lineup and that that kind of shot in the arm. Anna makes a point just about every episode of when the Caps are happy and showing it and loving playing hockey and loving having what fun. they do, having fun. Yes, yeah. that's the phrase. When they are out there doing that, and it shows, they are at their best. And again, you could tell that with Oshi back in the lineup, it was like, I mean, I, I hate to use a, an over a tired, overused phrase, but a breath of fresh air. Fresh air, yep. And that that's exactly what happened. And you, you, but could, you tell. could tell, you could tell in the locker room shots that they were showing, and there, there's just something about his vibe and his just everything about him that that's what that team needed at that moment, you know, not to say that they didn't have it before, but they needed him to come back. And, and like, I, I think it was, um, I must've been listening to it, but Jovi and Locker were saying that they're surprised the amount of energy he has just in the warmups and that he's not exhausted at all. <laughs> once the game starts, like once the puck drops, like he's still got all that energy that it just has to be absolutely infectious. And that's just what they needed. And it came out. And I think this Flyers game was fun and it just got better in Calgary when they play Calgary. 
I want to give a lot of people shout out. So many people are tuning in all over. Both we had a raid just now on uh, Twitch, and uh, so I appreciate JXO, somebody I mod for 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 raiding in, and uh, Cover Time Pete for joining chat. We have got Andy and Carly, and my dad's even in there. So it's a full oh, group cool. over there. And <laughs> then I want to give a shout out over on Facebook because Eric and Cheryl Ann are, are chatting over there. So I, I appreciate them uh, for getting it going. Cheryl Ann was saying Cookie Monster might be her next jersey if we keep him around. Uh, Eric says people always expect Kuzi to wear a Superman cape. We know he is by now. It's true. I I don't want to say he's the next Ovechkin. You know, he's a playmaker. You know, he's actually more similar, I hate to say, to like a Crosby. Like, it's not like, or a Backstrom. He's not going to necessarily score every night, but hopefully he can set up some plays. But he does have a shot. And in a team that is desperately needing goals to go in, sometimes yeah. he's got to take the shot. And, um, you know, same thing. But he's another one. Like, when he's on... Yeah. And he's and he's in, in good spirits and, and everything. Man, that's infectious as well. And and I will, I will just I have to go back. I think I don't know, Robbie, maybe you didn't see the did you see the big helmet, the big hat? I, I didn't actually see it. Okay. So maybe that's what so I, I was seen like, the... wait, you you acknowledge didn't I was like <laughs> I didn't oh my really God. acknowledge because I didn't know idea what you're talking about. All right, so, <laughs> it is so... you have to you have to pull it up to see how ridiculous it is because it has to do with the commanders. But it is something only Koozie could do. And it is hilarious. And it, like, I even looked at it and was like, what the hell is he doing? But then I was like, but it's Koozie and he can pull this off. And it's, it's just hilarious. So I think when he's also in a good headspace um, and you see a sick goal like what he did in Calgary, that, that too is, is great. I unfortunately didn't, didn't pan over into Jersey, but that's okay. So wait, did Koozie wear like pregame or any contact? Uh, no, <laughs> honestly, so it was after, so the, after the commander's game, I can't, Gil, do you remember the name of the player who had? Oh, Robinson, uh, uh, Casey's writing in chat. They said Robinson had a huge okay. hat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like ridiculous. And, and I'm like, please, and I'm thinking it's ridiculous. I'm hoping this is not going to become a fad because it's like stupid, big. Yeah. Uh, Bakuzi wearing one, <laughs> you just have to be like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> All right, let me go through the scoring real fast. And then, because um, I think we'll sort of skip ahead a little bit, because I do want to yeah. get to some of the preview of in the games. I do want to get to football talk at about 9.50. Uh, so TJ Oshie gets his third of the season, assist by Eric Gustafson. Ovi's 10th assist, made it one nothing the first. Uh, the koozie on his butt goal where he's like sliding <laughs> around and, and, and getting it in um, makes it two nothing. Uh, it was his third of the season. Oshie's six assists and Cookie Monster's third assist. And at 12-24, Ovechkin on the power play. You know he's going to score. He scores anyway. Uh, his 11th of the season, uh, Connor Sherry's fourth assist and Cookie Monster's fourth assist of uh, the game. Uh, so... Uh, Sonny Milano is becoming indispensable very quickly on this team, which I really like that he's taking this amazing approach. Gil, what are your thoughts on him in this game real fast? Well, you're, you're reading my mind, Robbie. Uh, that, that's uh, yet another uh, point of discussion that uh, we make on this, this recent episode. Um, that, that line of uh, Oshi, mm-hmm. um, Kuznetsov, and Milano it really seems to be clicking and they, they actually, the coaching staff decided to keep them together for more than one game. And I really hope they, you know, even with the last loss, I hope they, they 
stay together because this team is desperate in, in, desperately in need of some sort of chemistry developing here. And I think they finally got it. They're finally starting to t- turn that corner, stop playing like individuals, play more like a team. Mm-hmm. And those three being together, again, they've got some chemistry. They've got, they've got some great things going and they need to stay together because it just seems like they all know where each other is going to be on the ice. Um, if you, if you watch the replay of the Kuznetsov goal, that all starts with uh, a nice kind of cross drop pass by Oshi at center ice to Kuznetsov, almost as if, almost like you know, a handoff to a running back in football that's, you know, just going to dance through the whole defense. And that that's pretty much what that goal was. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I can't. It, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it shows that there's a lot of life to this team. And I think if people stick with it instead of jumping on them when they're throwing out a very injured lineup, I think that they will see some great play. It's still very early in the season. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed about the, the loss that comes next, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of to be expected. We had not won in New Jersey since 2020. Um, and you know, we had won a ton, eight in a, you know, games in a row against them in the, the COVID year, you know, this team is just looking for it and they've been on a hot streak. Uh, you give a player an, a natural hat trick, um, and, um, <laughs> you know, and Jack Hughes, it's going to be very hard to win the game. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I see Anna did just send me the, um, <laughs> The, the giant hat, which is great that you sent it to me because now I can put it over here and I can share it on screen. Right, and see. it's Robinson, not Koozie in it because I couldn't quite, it, it kept showing like something Koozie in 2015. I'm like, no, it's not what I'm talking about, but just this, this hat. Okay, hold on. I, yes, I see it now. It's pretty hilarious. Let me get my other screen share working, uh, make this a co-host and yes. And then I go over here and we I should have that this. like as my background so I can like move my head so I too can be <laughs> like if that's ridiculous. <laughs> Hold on. Oh no. Please Twitch... don't become a new fashion statement. <laughs> oh no, why did my zoom? Hold on. I have to re <laughs> my zoom turned off for a second. <laughs> so ridiculous there we go and then i go like this and people can see it right big by, by our sides so yeah it's um pretty ridiculous hat for sure so <laughs> I, I mean well and it's like i can't take him serious like being interviewed and i know it wasn't uh meant to, but like it's ridiculous but then now just imagine koozie wearing this in the locker room just you know being koozie <laughs> oh nice uh cheryl ann just on our facebook uh, sent me a link wow this is what i love about being online and people could just send me links you know so now cheryl ann is sending it to me on facebook hold on oh now, awesome thank the, you the one. <laughs> so um you can look it up live right here but yeah um gil while i look this part up talk a little bit about this loss and then i'll uh, paste this new link Yay for C4 chiming in. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this was, um, <laughs> well, for one thing, hard to explain, but 
Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's him and Faravari. That that's yeah. God. Oh my god! Only Kuzi a... could pull that off. Exactly. I love it. That's hilarious. anyway. Oh, I but, love he's actually wearing the old school black jersey. That's not even the alternate retro. Like, that's the real one. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Anyway. All right. Go on. Go. <laughs> so. This was a, a, a hockey game written by Charles Dickens. It was the best of games. It was the worst of games. Uh, Caps got, uh, let me double check. It was a pretty high amount, 38 shots on goal for this game. Only got one goal. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I actually kind of half jokingly, but not really, put out a scouting report on our Facebook page that said, shoot high on Vanacek. Well, there was only one guy who did that, and guess that guess what score. happened with him? And he <laughs> scored. It was John Carlson. He got the lone goal. Every other shot was low in Vanacek's midsection, in his glove. Um, just They got a high volume of shots, and they did end up getting some high-danger class chances, but that number <laughs> is a tad bit misleading in that the vast majority of those shots were easy pickings for, for Vanacek and you know, they, they were in his wheelhouse. Um, not to say that Vanacek's a bad goalie, but to, to pour cold water on, you know, that whole discussion, <laughs> he was, he was good, just not good enough when he had to be. And the simple fact of the matter is the caps made for the most part, his job very easy and where he leaked the, Devil's defense picked up on it. They actually got 26 blocked shots for the game, 26. So all in all, you're, you're looking at 54 attempts total, 54 directed shots towards the net by the, by the caps. And normally that would, that would break through. But when you make the goalie's job fairly easy, you know, you're, you're not going to win. And, the defense was a bit porous. Um, you know, Jack Hughes, look, he's a near generational talent, but a couple of those goals, not to denigrate his game, but a couple of those goals were kind of fluky. I want to say a little bit, especially that ridiculous sharp angle shot. You know, it's, it's, you know, that one of those seeing eye shots that found the one hole just big enough right by Charlie Lindgren's neck, basically that, that went in. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just, just a, a, a lot of puck luck, a lot of bad things happening, a lot of bad breakdowns on our end, and a lot of not taking, not making the most of your scoring chances. Definitely outchanced the Devils, just did not do the things that were needed to make the most of them. And that, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go through the upcoming schedule just really fast uh, for the sake of time. Um, and then I'll just get your guys' thoughts where you can pick a game and, and break it down. Uh, but uh, the first one's going to be against Vancouver. The Canucks have won uh, their last three games. They were on a road swing. Uh, this game will be in Vancouver. Uh, they were able to beat Colorado 4-3, the Golden Knights 5-1, and then most recently they were able to beat the Sharks 4-3. Before that, they had lost to the Golden Knights and the LA Kings. Uh, so they're going to be a tough out. That game is on Tuesday. Um, I believe it's a 10 o'clock game. Hold on. I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah all, and, all the games, all the games this week are 10 o'clock puck drop. 
Oh, that makes it easy. So um, 10 o'clock on Tuesday. Then the next team that we're playing is the Seattle Kraken, who have been on fire lately. Uh, they <laughs> actually have beat the Rangers 3-2. Uh, they beat uh, uh, the Kings 3-2. They beat the Sharks 8-5. They beat Golden Knights uh, 4-2 in Vegas. And then one at uh, Anaheim uh, 5-4. So this game will be in Seattle. So they're a tough out. Uh, we also played them for my birthday just a week later. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go to that game. Uh, I might go to it. It's on a, a Friday. Um, and Because I've never seen Seattle play. And I do have a lifetime goal to try to see all the teams. Uh, and then the Calgary Flames on Saturday, uh, it's a 10 o'clock game. Uh, the Flames, uh, before us, they play Florida, uh, and then they play Montreal on Thursday. Uh, the Flames have lost uh, their last three. We just saw them uh, when we beat them 3 nothing. but they also lost at Pittsburgh. And then the next game after ours, 3-2 at Carolina. And then next Monday, uh, we're playing Edmonton. It's an 8.30 game. Uh, so we'll do a live podcast and a live watch along while we break that down. Anna, this is your last uh, podcast of the, well, we'll call it the fall season. And then you'll yeah. be back uh, in January with us. Um, uh, I'll let you give uh, your takeaway on any one of those games you want to and any final thoughts you have. And then I'll let Gil do the same. Of course. Uh, I'm going to go with that Seattle game. I'm, I don't know, they're, they are good for some reason. Um, I don't have as much dislike as when the Golden Knights were the new team to watch because I don't know, there's some of the players on this uh, team that I have a little more respect for. Um, I think it's gonna be good. I'm not expecting a win to be honest, but I do think that it's gonna push the Capitals to find those, you know, fine tune those lines that, that Gil and I had spoken about with Milano and and get, continue that chemistry. Uh, maybe we'll see another player come back. I, I highly doubt it. Um, but I think, I think all the three games, I'm kind of hoping two for three, hoping. Oh, wait, yeah. no, but then there's Edmonton. No, I'm still going to go with two wins. All right, two um, out of four. Okay, that's yeah. All right, yeah. Gil, um, I, I know that you'll be watching uh, the Edmonton game, uh, so I won't make you uh, uh, live watch it along with me, and hopefully we'll <laughs> recap it the following uh, week a little bit. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this uh, four upcoming games, and if you want to pick a game to speak about? Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I'll just I'll pick the Calgary game because uh, Vancouver uh, seems like they have the same problem we do. They're trying to figure out who they are. And uh, I, I, Boudreaux took over that team and, and they started winning games and then they've fallen off a cliff recently. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why. I can figure out what Calgary's problem is. They made a huge mistake in trading away um, Johnny uh, Hockey. Johnny <laughs> Hockey. Well, uh, well, not not trading him away, but um, they 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 made some personnel moves that I think kind of added some grit but also <clears throat> I, I don't know I don't know uh, not one well, added more skill rather I think uh, Brady Kachuk got got traded away to Florida and they got Jonathan Huberto in return was the crux of that deal there was there were some side conditions as well but they traded away some much needed grit for for that extra skill and it's it's serving them well in one sense but um 
Western Conference hockey is is all about you know who's who's gonna who's gonna be the toughest, who's gonna last because the the trips are longer, the distance is longer between the the games and and the other teams even in your own division. So if you don't have that extra bit of toughness that Kachuk provided, yeah, I think I think that was kind of a mistake, and it kind of showed in that last game they played against him. So it'd be interesting if the if the Flames can get a little mad and say, "All right, well these guys kind of spanked us last time. We're we're going to kind of we're going to give it we're going to give it to them back this time around." Be very interesting if they come out breathing fire with that attitude. A Brady Kachuk. Pardon sure. me. Can can bring that, but no Brady Kachuk, mm, not not so much. So that I think that's going to be a very interesting game. If Calgary can bring that attitude of "Hey, we we're going to get you back," then then that's going to be a very interesting game. Otherwise, it's a very winnable game for the Caps again. Yeah, I I hope that we're able to do some damage on this road trip. It's going to be a pivotal one. I'm hoping Oshi back in the lineup and we could get some, we're kind of more used to these lines. I know there's a hiccup with uh, the devil's game, but hopefully we can get right back on it. I think that we're a really good road team. Sometimes it takes some of those distractions away and it's a good way for us uh, to come together. I'm a little bummed at how late these games are. They're just hard to watch. Um, The bright side there after my kids go to bed downside is they end at like one in the morning, you know? So like, you know, it's, it's both good and bad but um i'm excited for them i'm excited for the fact that there's gonna be a live game that's basically starting at the beginning of the podcast next week which will be an interesting starts at 8 30 uh against edmonton uh i may in fact invite some friends over to watch that uh game uh with me uh in, in person in the man cave so we'll see how i uh we do that so i won't have either of you guys on next week but i do hope that uh you guys all go check out the power play point podcast Anna. i hope that you have a wonderful winter break and uh, gil i look forward to talking to you uh in a few weeks uh, as we break down uh, these last couple of weeks together and uh I'm, I'm thankful as part of thanksgiving you know coming mm-hmm. off of that that both of you guys are uh, a part of uh, this show and um, you know that you guys have been a part of this podcast network now for a couple of uh, seasons and I hope that people check out both shows and uh, give you guys a lot of love and uh, yeah I hope that you guys have a great time I'm gonna move on to football but I hope yeah. uh, we'll, we'll talk soon definitely pleasure yeah have a thanks for everything Robbie and I will see you in the new year sounds good bye guys bye all right, so I'm going to uh, switch over the graphics real fast and uh, pull up the the football imagery as Dijonet and Champ are already in. Hold on, there it is. And turn off the Caps graphic. And, oh, wait, I still see the World Cup behind that. Anyway. All right, uh, we're just going to switch gears into some football talk now, and we're bringing in live uh, Dujanae Bland of The Breakdown and DC's People's Champ of the um, uh, No Spots podcast. And so uh, we're going to start with you, um, uh, Dujanae. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? I'm doing okay. I, I can't believe it. Six out of seven. This is the, I, I like this victory Mondays. We've gotten a bunch of them uh, recently and it feels good. And uh, especially not to play down, I think to a team that, you know, we could overlook. We were talked about that a little bit last week about how we needed them not to do that. 
And uh, it was a close game, uh, but Atlanta's a good team. Like, all the teams in the NFL are good teams. All of them could win any given week. I mean, look at the Jacksonville Ravens game, right? I don't think you can count any team out and say it's a surefire win. And, you know, crazy stuff happens throughout the NFL. But it was really a, a good one. We're also going to bring in Champ. How are you doing tonight, Champ? Uh, feeling good. Had to wear my uh, Sean Taylor jersey since they did the uh, the reveal of his tribute this past weekend on the uh, 15th anniversary of his, untra- his tragic passing. Uh, so I had to do my tribute to the, one of the greatest uh, safeties in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Casey's heading off. I want to thank Titan Rising KM and uh, uh, give him a quick little shout out and go check out his um, uh, Pokemon uh, coverage over on Twitch on uh, Titan Rising KM. Uh, he's a big time commanders fan as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I was, you know, I was conflicted about the Memorial. We'll talk about it real quickly. You know, Sean Taylor is one of my favorite players. I went to college in Philly the day uh, after he passed, I was wearing 21. I still got shit from Eagles fans. I will never let that go. Um, and, um, just cause like how, how to be so heartless, but you know, he was one of my favorite players. Uh, we've talked about it before on the show that, I mean, it really kind of uh, decimated this team for a couple of years, set us back a long way because uh, he could have been a changer. He could have taken that defense to the next level for years. And um, he was such an incredible player. When it was first revealed, I was like, oh, I don't know. I see what people are saying. It's like a mannequin, whatever, whatever. I am an art major. I understand art comes in a million different sizes and shapes. And, uh, you know, uh, what one person might love, another person might not like. My big concern was, what does the family think, right? The family's right. cool with it. They think it's the, that's fine, that they're happy with it. They've, they've signed off. It's their blessing because it's for the family first, for right. the fans second, right? right? Care less what the fans think. The family's cool with it. It's good. And it wasn't being reported what the family was thinking about it until Seawall did, you know? And credit to her, she wrote a whole thing and she, you know, backed it up. And I really appreciate her for, you know, putting it out there that the family's good by it. If the family's good, I'm good. Because having a busk or a heavy statue that they moved to a new stadium in three years probably doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Um, and, you know, they never said that it was going to be a busk. People assumed it was going to be a typical statue. But just because people read statue and thought a certain thing doesn't mean... That's the way they were going to go. Um, so I'm fine with it. You know, I'm happy that they have something for him. It wouldn't have been the way that I went with the design. We'll put it that way. But I, I'm not upset. And I'm happy that the family's happy. And I'm happy that they did him proud by winning this game. Uh, Dujane, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I had similar feelings about it. Um, you know, my teammate, Creator Parks, has said the same thing about the family being okay with it. And if the family's okay with it, then I'm okay with it. Um you know, I'm not going to be overly critical about it. That's really who it matters for anyway. And, um, you know, we just have to respect that. So, uh, yeah, it's not my design, not where I would have gone. But if the family's cool, then, hey, then then I guess we're cool with it. Yeah, because people were like, and I love how Cowboys fans and other teams fans were chiming in. Like, I know. They did him wrong. They did him wrong. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what? you don't really get a say in this. Like, I, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like. Yeah. Uh, you know like you can pot, j- jump on all you want we don't care what you think right exactly. like i don't like i don't know how to break that down any you know simpler for them <laughs> but like 
I care what the family thinks first. They obviously were brought into it in some fashion. I know that their first look at it was the same with it, but I'm sure that it wasn't like they were blindsided by it and knew right. nothing. I'm sure they had conversations before it was released. It would it would seem irresponsible, to, especially if you're going to do something out of the box like that. I don't think you're going to blindside the family like that. That's just not no. a good move. Um, and so anyway, but uh, rest in peace, Sean Taylor. I'm happy that they had a good game uh, for him. And ch- yeah, champ, what are your thoughts? There's an old saying, it goes like this. When you, when you assume something, you make an ass out of yourself. And that's basically <laughs> what a lot of fans did. They assumed it was going to be something. And now they look like asses for, because it's not what they think. And they're getting mad about it. it I think that everybody's made this general consensus. If the family is fine with the, with the way that the team tributed one of their best defensive players, then why in the hell are fans complaining? Shut up and go complain about something else. That's the problem with this fan base that I am yeah, ashamed to be a part something, of. Right? We're that's winning with six of seven. And that's the problem, Robbie. And that's why I hate being a part of this fan base because they look for something to complain about. We just got a big victory to go to six of the last seven, and they're complaining about a tribute to one of the greatest players of this team. Yeah. Why can't y'all be happy for <laughs> once? Shut the f up and be happy, Christ. <laughs> Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. But that's his fan base, though. Dude, I got to refill my water because people did a water redeem. But you break down your initial thoughts on the Atlanta game. I'll be listening in, but uh, and then I'll give my take right afterwards. Yeah. um, You know, they got they were a little flat uh, defensively. Got I thought this is a good test, though. You got a running back that's really shifty, uh, very quick to the outside. Um, knows how to cut it back inside. And you have, they did a lot of uh, misdirection, a lot of things, including the the quarterback and Mariota's, you know, um, ability to run the football. And um, I I thought Atlanta did a good job with that. I thought the defense missed on some opportunities, but the thing of it was they were scrappy. They never allowed the mistakes they made to, um, you know, really get into their head and mess up their psyche. Uh, They kept fighting along the way. Uh, I, I only gripe I have as far as offensively is it is what you it is what it is with Taylor Heineke. But when you throw that pass over the middle, I mean, there's no justifying that um, nobody was there. It was double covered. There was no way you were getting that over, uh, you know, either one of those guys, the back or, or the front. Um, so I don't know where he was going and what he was thinking in that moment, but I, that's the only gripe I have offensively. Uh, I thought, again, the game plan is to run the football, play action and do things off of that. This is where this team thrives and does an excellent job. And it seems like Brian Robinson had a little bit of a play, a, a breakout game this game with being able to kind of bounce things outside, uh, something we hadn't seen him do a lot of. Uh, he likes to run in between the tackles, likes to run in between uh, the guard and the uh, and, and the tackle there. But he 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 was able to do some misdirection. They had some, uh, you know, counters where he came inside, bounced it completely outside um, and was able to create some big runs. And this is where this team is, is absolutely successful in offense. Um, you know, I think with the way the defense is playing, you can kind of. Uh, it can afford you to have at least one mistake from Taylor Heineke because I, at the end of the day, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when, and sometimes it may never happen, but you do know with him that you're going to get the, a moment 
where you're like, what, what was that, my guy? Like, what were you thinking there? Um, you know, this was a very evenly matched game. Um, you know, Atlanta had six, was getting six yards a game uh, per, you know, plays and, and Washington was 5.2. Um, but I think you give a tip of the hat to the defense. They came through when it mattered. Um, it didn't, wasn't looking very good. They were moving the ball pretty well. Um, but at the end of the day, when it came down to it, they were able to get that big interception again, something we have been seeing over the last couple of weeks, guys getting their hands up, um, and trying to get a hand on the ball. That's something you didn't see earlier in the season. So there's a lot of good things. Um, this is a scrappy win. You know, this is where a team continues to fight, stay scrappy and gets after it. Um, and, uh, this is, this is where we are with this football team. So. Um, uh, you'll take them how you can get them. And right now, those teams, uh, seven and five, and in, in the thick of things when you're talking about the playoff race. So, uh, you know, we can see four NFC East teams go to the playoffs. Uh, that's wild. Um, this NFC East is very, very tough. Um, and they got two, two tough games coming up. Weird to me that you play the same team in three weeks, but it is what it is, and this is where we are. And um, I think they got a really good shot to beat a, a Giants team that's starting to flounder a little bit, or we could say kind of show their true colors. So we'll, we'll see, but it's going to be interesting. I, but it was a great game this weekend, a scrappy win, and uh, you'll take them how you can get them. I want to talk about the game flow for just a second, you know, uh, which I can, I never show stats uh, during uh, the football segment, but there's no reason not to. Um, let me see if I can get this to look right. There you go. Uh, so they started with a field goal against uh, a big touchdown, a really great run. Um, I love the, the heavy run in there. Then, uh, just a couple minutes later in the first quarter, a great answer. Uh, to you know, they drove on us, but um, I thought that they stopped them at the field goal, and then to drive and get a touchdown was important. Unfortunately, they came back and they really drove on us again. Uh, they scored a touchdown, and then we got a big field goal. I thought at the end of the second quarter, uh, and, you know, a simple 30 yard field goal from Joey Sly, but every point matters in a close game like this. Uh, and then in the third quarter, uh, a big touchdown, a great pass. I was frustrated that they missed the kick because I was having these dreams that oh god if you know they score a touchdown and we lose by one point I was not going to be happy uh, with that uh, they come down uh, and score a field goal so I'm, I'm happy they were able to hold into a field goal when they were driving once again uh, but then in the fourth quarter I think it was a big field goal to answer them just to keep it at sort of like you couldn't tie it with a field goal uh, but then at the very end, they got all the way down to the goal, uh, to the you know, red zone. And I thought that, that it was going to be a touchdown pass. And we were going to lose like this it. game by one point. And I'm so happy that we came away uh, with that uh, interception at a key time uh, and were able to win that game. But, uh, you know, I just, it, it's a very close game. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, it's a game of inches, as they say. And, uh, we needed every last inch in that game. Um, uh, I'm going to get Champ's thoughts about the other one, about this game in a second, but I, I want to be conscious of Dujanay's time. I do want you to get your thoughts on playing the Giants, you know, back-to-back uh, weeks. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Giants, especially because they had that loss to the Cowboys, but they did cover the spread, so that was not maybe as bad as some people thought. But, right. you know, what are your thoughts? Um, it's going to be interesting because – uh, two out of the three weeks when you have in between your bye, you play the same team. 
So the big thing is, is how much you're going to show in the first game, uh, because you have to come back again after your bye week. And you have to, you at least have to have some new wrinkles in there somewhere. You know, you also you have two pro- weeks to try to change stuff up too. I mean, exactly. But it, you know, we're talking about inside the division and you're talking about playing the team twice in three weeks. It's difficult. I mean, you, yes, you have time to change it up. I don't, tr- I, I have a trust thing with, with uh, Scott Turner here. So, you know, you got to prove it to me and we haven't seen that yet. So that's where the interesting part is going to be. I think I, I picked them, I believe before the season started to sweep the giants anyway. Um, I think they can do that, but, the biggest question they, we we all know that they don't play very well in New York. Haven't had haven't done that in in some time, so that's going to be a, a question mark. I do believe they can beat them at home, um, but it's like what as a play caller, what are you going to need to do? Um, because you can't show your whole entire hand, or you have to be creative in both games because you can't come out and run the same thing you run the first game and the second game. Uh, and expect that it, it, you know, they not completely hone in on what you're doing and sh- and shut you down or stifle you offensively. So you have to be creative in insistence. It's a unique thing, right? I mean, you're playing a team twice in three weeks. It, like, how many times has this happened? So you, this funny is funny enough. Where- I think it happened last year when we had to play all the same teams in a row. Remember, we had to play like five divisional games to end a season. Right, it must have happened last year with at least the Eagles, if not the Giants. But no, it's never twice in a row. But yeah, so it, close. It's, like it's a lot of them though in a in a short period of time. It's sure. it's going to be interesting. I, I I really believe they can sweep them. I like I said, it's just going to come down to coaching, and I'm going to need Scott Turner. To, this is where he's going to really shine here. He's either going to shine or he's going to fall flat on his face into a pile of big cow dung. You know, he's going to have to scheme up some stuff that's going to have to have some new wrinkles that can can throw them off in that next week. Because you really could come in and do what you've been doing in this, this next game and be fine. But you're not going to do that again. There's no way you're going to do that again. Uh, not against this team was, I believe, it, the Giants are well coached. They're a well coached football team. I don't think they have the talent. I think they, I think they outplay a lot of teams just on grit and and execution, not because of talent. So, um, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. This, the chess match between these two coaches, because you know, let's not forget the Giants have to do the same thing. Um, it's going to be the chess match between these two coaches and their staffs, especially on the offensive side, is really going to be interesting to watch. But I got Washington being able to take both of them. Right. I'm just giving a quick little update on based on our picks on whether they're doing a better or or worse than what we thought they'd be doing at this part in the season. Because it's kind of interesting to look at. Uh, you did have them sweeping the Giants, um, and you actually had them at 10 wins. And if they were to sweep the last five, which is what you originally predicted, they'd actually be doing better than your prediction of 10 wins. Uh, so they only have to win three out of their last five uh, to hit your uh, 10 uh, that you had picked. Uh, CP3 had 11 wins, um, and he only had them winning three out of the last five. Uh, so then he would be just under uh that uh i only had them picking winning eight right so they only have to win one more you know but so i'm hoping that i'm wrong in in this thing uh champ also had 11 and six 
Uh, I will point out that Hurt had 12 and five. He was a real true believer. Um, <laughs> Benson is out. He had five wins. We've already done better than that. Uh, Tim is well, he had seven wins. Uh, if we lose out, then he might be right. He actually had us losing four out of the last five uh, to wow. go to that. So it's just interesting. Uh, Rune's already out. He only had five wins as well. My dad is out. He only had six wins. Uh, Sith had 10 wins as well. So just wanted to give a little bit of a sense of where, where it's at. Um, it's just interesting to see. Um, a couple people had a sweeping champ and Dujanay. You both had a sweeping and so did hurt uh, these two New York games. Uh, and so did Seth. So I hope the three of you guys are right uh, in that. Cause uh, that would it'd go a long way to your 10 win prediction uh, because uh, we only have two road games left. It's this next game uh, at the giants and then one at San Francisco. That's brutal. I mean, it's fun. Uh, we are, uh, everyone had it as a loss, except for you, Dijanay, before the season. Uh, <laughs> you may, you probably reconsider that one and now and looking back, but uh, we didn't no, know. That. You, you know think, what? You I, think we I, I, I still would. I, I do, and here's why. First of all, we've seen them. It's one thing we haven't been able to see is them play well at home, but we all know that they can go on the road and and they seem to play better than they play at home. Now they're starting to put that together on both sides of the ball. Um, like at home, defense wasn't superb, but it was scrappy enough to be able to come away. They made plays when they had to um, and when when their backs were against the wall. Uh, it's one thing about uh, the 49ers. Yes, McCaffrey is there, and that's all fine and good, um, but it's Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the day. Um, and this defense has been getting after quarterbacks. They've been pushing the pocket. They've been collapsing the pocket. Um, yes, sometimes the coverage isn't there and they make some plays. But um, if I, I, I'm betting on Taylor Heineke at the end of the day with the formula they're, they're using on offense really votes well for them because they're taking a lot of time off the clock. I mean, we look at the time of possession. They had 33.09 yesterday. Um, and I think over the last couple of games, they've been in the 30s or better um, in, in time of possession. So when you look at that, um, yes, it's in San Francisco, but San Francisco isn't isn't Kansas City or name your – it ain't even Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you can take these fans out of this game, and, again, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not facing somebody that I'm fearful of. This defense up front can get after it. And with the formula on offense, there's definitely a better chance that they can win with the way they've been playing than, than them losing. Hopefully Anna stopped listening to the show because otherwise she'd be crying right now. No, Sorry. but uh, yeah, but I uh, know it's all good. I'm, I'm with you and I hope that you're right. And I hope that uh, you are correct with this run the table um, over the last five games. And they would actually end up doing better than your prediction when you thought they were going to do that. Cause you thought they'd have a slow start, which they did, uh, but they didn't have as slow a start. So, right. yeah. um, and uh, so we'll see how this goes um but it's it's been fun i'll let you go because i'm gonna let you go a little bit early uh but uh do let people know uh where they can catch any of your latest uh things you want to share with the with the group well again we still got the nhra show up uh talking to the champs so uh you can check that out on the breakdown uh i am pseudo off this week we may have a show um talking a little football uh here later in the week but, uh, yeah, you can talk to me on uh, Twitter at NotBland21. Always love talking shot with you guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, listening, and thanks for having me on, Robbie. 
Yeah, of course. I love having you on Dijanae, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on uh, next week uh, to preview the Giants game, uh, and then uh, we'll take a week off for the bye week, um, and uh, then uh, the the last game is actually on the 18th, and uh, we're actually not doing a podcast then. So now that I think about it, I think next week might be your last show uh, before I would take a three-week winter break. Uh, just so people know, if they're just tuning in for the football segment, I uh, will be taking off the uh, the 19th, the 26th, and the 2nd because uh, I'm going to be out of the country. So I'm, oh, um, uh, I'm excited about that. Take two weeks with my family. I also think that starting on the 2nd, where I haven't watched any football for two weeks or any sports, is probably not the play. So I will you know, talk the following week there. But what's kind of cool is it goes that far into January. So on um, uh, on that ninth, uh, Dujane, you can uh, break down uh, the Dallas game uh, and, um, you know, and a little bit of how they went over the last couple of weeks and where they end up and if there's a playoff picture to be discussed at that point. So right. uh, that'll be a fun uh, first one of what I'll call the winter session. Um, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next week about this Giants game. Hopefully we keep the winning streak going. Either way, I look nice. forward to talking to you. Yeah. So, have a great night and you we'll too, talk brother. soon. All right, bro. All right. Uh, real quickly, let's uh, break down your thoughts on this game um, and uh, your thoughts of the Giants upcoming. Right. So, uh, Washington, defensively, it wasn't the, the spectacular play that we've been seeing in the last uh, several games. Uh, they only had the one takeaway, but it came at a very, very critical time towards the end of the game as – uh, Atlanta was driving to try to take the lead late in the game. Uh, they did only, they managed to only get the Mariota once, get one sack. But I think the big highlight here was the run game. And Brian Robinson, in only his ninth game of his NFL career, getting his first career 100 yard rushing game, as well as his first receiving touchdown he had two receptions for 20 yards with that touchdown that was the first touchdown of the of the game very very great effort from him uh gibson also did well rushing the ball washington had 176 yards rushing to 167 for atlanta so it was running was the predicate was the uh predicate move here for both teams because it was raining all day it was nasty it was chilly so running the ball had to be uh, at a premium for both teams and they showed it with having a uh, great uh, like really good rushing yardage from their running backs and the passing yardage was noticeably low because of the fact that yes the rain affected uh, the passing game uh, but the one key thing that was very important was the third down uh, uh, third down efficiency whereas uh, the commanders were almost like 42 percent on four on third down five of 12 whereas the Falcons were four ten forty percent uh, so they were managing to get off the field, uh, getting the, uh, get the defense off the field a little bit more more quickly than uh, than otherwise. So all in all, this was a really good game. And again, Washington also once again when, when they win, it's because they keep the ball for a long time. They held held onto the ball for thirty three minutes and nine seconds. So when you dominate time of possession and you're keeping the opposing offense off the field and you're giving your defense that much more rest to just sit and wait and then they can get out there and get after it, that's a big recipe for success. 
Um, Dujane said it earlier, the interception that Heineke threw, you can't, you can't excuse that. Like he literally threw into a crowd, like, hell, I'm, I'm a 40 year old out of shape father. And I could have made a better throw than that, <laughs> but Heineke threw literally with no, with little to no air into like two to three defenders in the middle of the field. Like you're, that's a recipe for disaster right off the bat, but either way, it still was a big win for Washington because now it gives them an edge in case it comes down to Atlanta and Washington for that final playoff spot later in the season. They'll have that tiebreaker and that'll be more, that'll be the most important key to getting them into the playoffs where who would have thought we'd be talking about possibly making a playoffs after the start that we had. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I, I guess Dujane thought so. And you did, I guess too, because you both thought that we would have a hot second season. So, you know, give your guys some credit here. Um, you know, both, um, uh, well, the three of you, Dujane, uh, Hurt, and Champ, all had four wins from Houston to the end of the Giants, which is, would be a big thing. Now, um, you know, we still have two of those games upcoming, but you thought we would come in strong, just, you know, maybe it's a little earlier, but maybe you're still dead on, you know? So, um, it's, it's very exciting. And I'm hopeful that we could beat the Giants. Winning in New York is always tough. I do love that we've got a, a bit of a break between them. While they've got a very uh, tough game uh, in between, I believe they play the Eagles or is it the Cowboys? They play one of them in the week in between. And um, uh, let's see, I have it pulled up here. Uh, they would play, uh, yeah, Philadelphia in between, right? So Philly is scary. Philly yeah. is scary. They just had their record for most rushing yards as a team in a game. And Jalen Hurts had the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a game over Mike freaking Vic. I'm glad we're done playing that team. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I am too. What a crazy division. Um, but uh, a lot of exciting stuff to break down. I'm just checking over here to see. Uh, I know that we got Tim on the line. I don't know if Arun is going to be able to join us. I did say originally 1030 that we would uh, switch over, uh, but uh, we might go a little bit early because uh, I see that Tim well, was what on. About the, let's talk about the Giants game. Just give him some time. Okay, that's fair. Let's talk about um, the Giants game. What, uh, what are you excited to talk about in this game? Do you think okay. Oh, first of all, let's talk about time of possession. I know that that's been our dominant thing for the last couple of weeks. Do you right. think we can get up against this Giants team? I think that we can definitely have time of possession against uh, this Giants team, honestly, because again, running the ball has not has started to become second nature here. Brian Brian Robinson Jr. is starting to find his stride. Uh, it took him a couple of games, and now he's really starting to you know stride. He's either going between the tackles, or as Dujane said, he's bouncing to the outside. And just it's just really, really good to see him. And then of course, you have the change of pace, not even not really a change of pace, but you then you have uh, Antonio Gibson and then you have Williams as well, who's a, a dynamic third down back as well. So it's just it's really good that you have three really talented uh, running backs that can help you to grind it, grind it out. Keep time of possession, keep the ball out of Danny Danny Dimes in that offense's hands, and to really give your defense a lot of rest on the sideline, especially if they have to deal with Saquon Barkley and having to stop him. You definitely want to have let your defense have as much time on the sidelines to rest, to get ready, and to be ready for if the Giants decide they're going to try to grind it out with uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, right now, Saquon Barkley is eight yards away from another thousand yard season. 
from a thousand yard season. So that's good. He's that's going to be pre- that's going to be the main focus to stop him because they don't really have a passing offense. Honestly, they don't have a, 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 a they don't have a strong enough passing offense. And you know that your secondary is not the strongest either. So you want to be able to stop their primary uh, their primary weapon, which is Saquon Barkley and neutralize Daniel Jones and get to the quarterback. One sack against uh, Mariota, who's very mobile, against Danny Dimes, who, you know, last time I seen him be really mobile, he tripped over his own feet before he got into the end zone. Uh, So I don't think it's going to be hard to, like, keep him in the pocket and really, like, tee off on him. So, honestly, uh, it's going to be interesting because this is a weird – this is a weird scheduling thing, as Dujane mentioned earlier. You're playing them in in, – in their stadium. I'm happy it's fourth. this way, though, not the other way around. I'd rather play them there first. I'm, I'm going to say we're probably going to lose, and we won a lot in a row. But then we got the two weeks to sit on it with the bye and the revenge factor at home, and then we can – or we win, and we can build on it. But either way, I think I'd rather it this way than play at home first. That is – that is. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. And, I mean, honestly, uh, this team honestly has played – semi-decently on the road uh but it's going to be interesting to see what they do in new york and then have to sit on it if they do lose and then have to come back on the at home it'll be interesting to see how they respond to it i think that they win on the road they're just they're just really really on a roll here as they're going to have this you know time of possession running the football and limiting the states of Taylor Heineke and then come back after two weeks and definitely come out with a different look to their offense and different play calling as Dujane mentioned earlier, because you don't want to show the same playbook. You're not, not simply the same script in the home game that you showed in the road game. Cause then they're going to be like, Oh, we're ready for this. We got this. And then they come into your house and they just own you or play so, off it. Like pretend that it's the same thing, but do like a, a, like, you know, they do a lot of this trickeration with the run plays. Like you could set them up by, you know, calling it one way in the first game. And they're like, oh, we've seen this play and then, you know, run a counter to it or something, you know? Right. Uh, you could maybe use that against them possibly too, if you planned it right. Yeah, so. that's true. But this, I mean, it's interesting that the, the, the last seat, last uh, divisional game will be on the last game of the season. Like they're, they, all of our division games are pretty much out of the way right now, except for, the Cowboys after we play the Giants over these next three weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Browns are up and down team. The 49ers are dangerous and they're, we're fighting them for one of those spots, you know, whether or not they're a division leader or if they end up being the wild card. So uh, a lot of interesting football coming up. I'm I'm not really worried about the Browns until I see what Deshaun Watson does when he returns next week. When I see what he does, then I'll, I'll worry about the Browns right now. I'm not worried about the Browns. I know, but, they're one of those teams that like on weeks you don't worry about the Browns, they show up. Right. You know, so it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I was talking before with Dijanae, like any team, any week, I didn't think Jacksonville was going to pull it off against uh, the Ravens and they sure as hell did, you know? Um, and um, it, what a crazy call. I didn't know that the shin counts as two feet. So I learned something in that game. <laughs> like, like I thought it was like kneeing up. You know, like knee, something, thigh. I had no idea that, like, the leg between the ankle and the knee counts as two. Did you know that? No, I didn't. But I think that I think I heard some, uh, like, some analysis say, like, any body part 
in is like in or something like that. I guess yeah, above I the know. ankle. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting. I just never like you know what I mean like so even I'm learning new rules and I've been watching this a long time. My dad was convinced it wasn't. He was like, he doesn't have two feet. He doesn't have a knee. I'm like, I, I I'm with you. We were watching the game together. I don't really understand why they're not. And then they came on and explained that like just the shin is enough. You know, so if you roll your leg a certain way, which is hard to get your shin inbounds before some other body part. Like, it's not an easy thing to do, but he did, you know, and uh, uh, they ended up winning the game because of it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm excited uh, for the division rival. Uh, I hope that we can finally win in New York and, um, you know, hopefully we see some of what Dallas did correctly against the Giants and find a way to implement that. But I think going back to what I was saying earlier, time of possession is the reason why we've been doing so well the last couple of weeks. And I think uh, that is going to be uh, the difference maker uh, in this. If we can control the time of possession, I think we can win the game. So uh, we just got to keep that in mind and continue to run it and wear them down and keep our uh, defense fresh. And then they can come and make these big stands where they get pushed around a little bit, but they hold on to field goals. And that's how we won these games. So um so i think it's a recipe for success and uh, hopefully we have some so i see that the rest of our basketball round table is on so i'm gonna switch over to that while they jump on in champ any final football thoughts before you switch over um honestly like this was a very very wild week in football i mean Vegas have been struggling. The Raiders have been struggling. And then in overtime, J- Jacobs out of nowhere, 86 yards to end the game. Like that was an insane run. Uh, Tom Brady is still not as good as he was, but still managed to bring his team back to, to almost beat Cleveland. But Cleveland was able to pull it out. I mean, just a lot of wild results this week. And I'm just happy that the commanders are on such a run that they are six of the last seven. Like they could really – uh, make the play. They really have an opportunity to make the playoffs here. And I've, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tim. I see Tim has joined us about, about your Ravens. It was a tough loss. Both games were about the same time, although there was a lightning delay. So that made the fourth quarter happen about 45 minutes after the commanders, which was good for me because I can have them on the big screen. Uh, but an unfortunate, a little bit of a collapse. They do play the Broncos next uh, who have lost uh, three in a row. And I hope that uh, they're able to make it uh, four in a row. The game is uh, at Baltimore, and the Ravens are currently favored by eight in it. So I'm hoping that they do uh, well in that game and uh, take command of that division. But, um, uh, Tim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Um, recovering from that Ravens collapse with uh, Porzingis' career night. So at least something good happened. Nice. Yeah. I will. Uh, he played, he played great. Yeah, for sure. Um, Arun, I see that you've joined the team as well. How are you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good. Um, they mic'd up Denny tonight, so maybe they should mic him up every night because Porzingis went off because of that, I think. <laughs> Interesting. Because he, he wanted to be the one mic'd up, or why Why would Denny being mic'd up give Porzingis? I don't know. Today he was mic'd up for, for some reason. <laughs> and after every game, he's like, Denny played really well tonight, even though Denny doesn't usually play that well. Yeah. Um, We're going to go back in time and talk about the earlier games. Unfortunately, there's two rematch games against the Heat. I know, Arun, you weren't on 
uh, last week uh, show, but we did, you did get to go to the game against the Heat with me. Uh, that was a fun night. I'm going to let you speak to that previous one first because we didn't talk about it uh, with you last week. Uh, what were your thoughts on the tribute to the big three and that crazy overtime win? Yeah, um, it was pretty crazy that the overtime was the lowest scoring in NBA history. It was like three to two. And Porzingis went off in the first quarter and then he went on to struggle for the rest of the game against the Heat. But in that first quarter, he was on fire. But then uh, Beal played pretty well. Kuzma hit that three-pointer to tie the game. Um, Miami didn't have, like, Bam, Tyler Hero, or Jimmy Butler. But even then, Kyle Lowry looked like he usually does against the Wizards. He looked like the all-star player that he used to be. And I think he had, like, a career night. Um, but I think he missed some free throws down the stretch, which helped the Wizards get to overtime. He missed the three. Corey Kispert did a good job guarding him, and um, it was nice for the Wizards to win, even though the Heat were pretty shorthanded. Yeah. I, um, it was a fun game to go to with you. I have now put the hat up there, which is now, I think, going to be all, you know, maybe a keepsake someday, especially because the company that sponsored it is uh, pretty much out of business now. But, um, uh it's uh uh it was a, a really fun game i love that we went there just to celebrate the big three but it ended into a really good uh basketball game i'm gonna pull up the box score real quickly here and we could break down the unfortunate rematch game uh here so the heat we played them twice in a row um and uh in Miami, uh, sandwiched around Thanksgiving. The first game, the Heat outscored them uh, 28-26 in the first quarter. Then they had a tremendous second quarter, outscored them 32-17. to And the Wizards stormed back uh, in the third, outscored them 37-23. to uh, But then the Heat uh, went on to outscore the Wizards 30-25 to in the fourth quarter for a 113-105 uh, uh, victory. I'm going to start off with Champ. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Oh, this was tough. Um, you're coming off of, you know, a victory over them with the big three in the house. And next thing you know, you go to their, you go to their, their arena and those, those, uh, the second and third quarter just seems to be the bane of this team's existence. Like if they don't get them out of the way in the second and or the third quarter, they seem to just fall. They can't seem to get it together in those quarters. Uh, Porzingis played well, 21 points, of, of course, with Kyle Kuzma led, led the team in, in scoring with 33. Uh, a good, you know, team effort scoring-wise, but defensively, clearly they just were outmatched and they fell very flat and the Heat were able to get their revenge instead of us being able to run it up on them in their own house. Yeah. And Tim, what are some of your thoughts on uh, this game? I would just say the Wizards um... – they've been playing kind of up and down basketball and it was tough for them to do this uh, back-to-back in Miami. It's just not a normal schedule. And as you guys said, Miami wanted some revenge probably um, from the loss in DC, but just, you can't fall behind so much by halftime. They had a great third quarter uh, to get back into it, but um, just not enough. And the heat are still, you know, still a good team. You got to take them seriously. And the Wizards just aren't good enough to have these terrible lapses. Uh, they don't have that much talent to kind of come back. 
they really need to put together a full game like tonight, but um, this was definitely not one, one of their better games. Yeah, and Arun, uh, your takeaway? Um, there was no Bradley Beal in this game, and Miami got back a couple of their players, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. And um, I think overall the Wizards played relatively well considering they didn't have Beal, Rui, uh, Barton, I mean, uh, Morris and uh, DeLon Wright. They, they did have Barton, but um, Kuzma was, even though he had 33 points, he was only two of 13 from three-point range, which is pretty bad. Um, Denny had 10 points in the first half, but he only had two for the rest of the game, but he was one rebound shy away from a triple-double. And Porzingis' poor shooting um, continued um, only 21 points. Uh, the Wizards did make a game out of it in the third quarter, but um, I think they were a little bit too shorthanded. They're not like Miami. Miami was still without Jimmy Butler, but I don't think the Wizards are as um, well-coached as uh, Miami, who is coming off conference finals appearance, and Eric Spolstra has been one of the best coaches in the NBA. So um, disappointing loss for the Wizards, though. So. Yeah, I agree. Um I've shared it to a couple of Wizards groups, so we'll see if anybody jumps in uh, on Facebook to talk about this. I'm going to uh, jump ahead to the next game real fast. Uh, it's the same opponent. Uh, unfortunately, similar result. Uh, the Wizards did have a really good first quarter, outscored them 38 to 28, but unfortunately the Heat once again had a great second quarter, outscored them 28 to 21. Uh, they outscored them in the third, 29 to 26, and then in the fourth, 25 to 22, for a one, 110 to 107 victory over us. But it was a really close game uh, through a lot of it. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had 28 points, Bradley Beal, 28 points, Porzingis had 18. Um, and for the Heat, uh, Bam had a hell of a game against us. I mean, scored a majority of their points. And um, yeah, we'll start off with you, Champ. What are your thoughts on this game? Bam Adebayo could not be stopped, and he couldn't be contained either. 38 points and 12 rebounds. That's an impressive double-double uh, for the big man in the middle. And for a team that usually dominates in the middle when it comes to points in the paint, they sure gave up. They really gave up a lot going up against Adebayo in this one. Um, you also had Tyler Hero back at it, and he had uh, 11 points, 10 assists. So he had another double-double as well. This was just an all-around, just a, the the fight in the team, the Wizards, was what was there. It's just that it just wasn't enough fight, honestly. Wasn't enough fight. And, you know, when you look at the scoring breakdown, they got out to a 10-point lead in the first quarter. But then, once again, it's those two quarters there. It's the second and the third quarter are, once again, the drive, the driving force for a loss. They got outscored by seven in the second and three in the third. And then the fourth quarter, they they still could they tried to come back but couldn't do enough with it. And so after losing in Miami on Wednesday, they come back Friday and they still lose again. And this is the beginning of what looks to be a bad week for this Wizards team. Yeah, frustrating. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this game? It was good for the Wizards uh, to get Beal back. And I think overall they played um, better in this game. Uh, they had a strong first quarter. They came out with some energy. The defense was decent, but the shooting was just terrible. Um, they didn't make threes in this game. Uh, Kispert missed one for seven 
A lot of the Wizards were shooting really badly from three. I, I think if the Wizards just shot a little bit better, they could have taken this game. And I saw the end. Um, it was uh, kind of, you know, one possession game at the end and the Wizards just collapsed. I think uh, better execution at the end, they could have stolen this game. But um, end of the day, it's just, you know, you have to win games like this because Miami is a divisional opponent. So I think getting swept in this is going to hurt maybe um, late in the year. But um, just, you know, at least the effort was better in this one. Yeah. I want to give a quick just scoring update. Um, the Indianapolis Colts are actually beating the Steelers 17 to 16 right now in a battle of a four and six and one and a three and seven team. Um, Pittsburgh on first down is going backwards, which I'm sure that Tim can appreciate. Um, and uh, all right, we got uh, 1255 left in the fourth quarter there, but we'll give scoring updates uh, throughout this and that as well. And then Arun, what were some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, the they I think the key was pretty much they couldn't slow down Bam um, with the pick and roll coverage of KP didn't was kind of either um, giving up open jumpers or uh, Bam was getting right to the hoop. Uh, Gafford only played eight minutes, but he had six points. It was a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people are criticizing Ansel for not playing Gafford a little bit more, considering he was um, playing pretty well in that fourth quarter when the Wizards had a six point lead, but they ended up giving that up pretty quickly once uh, Porzingis was back in the game. But I think uh, Corey Kispert, um, he's only a second-year player, but one of seven from three-point range, and that's pretty much all he's supposed to do is hit threes. And um, he missed uh, one of the key shots. Uh, then I think the Wizards wasted a timeout in bounding the ball with like 30 seconds to go. They got an easy slam dunk, and they fouled, but then they didn't get to call timeout to draw up a play and deal um, dribbled the ball off his foot and that was the game and it was a pretty terrible isolation play to get the three points if you're not I don't think you're going to get a really good shot against that kind of Miami defense and um, Beal overall he did his part though for most of the game he hit four three point four of his seven three pointers and the rest of the team was seven of 32 so um, they really need to fix the three-point shooting especially KP was one of four and uh, Denny 0 of 4. So, and Kuzma shot 2 of 13 the last game. He was a little bit better, 3 of 10 from three point range. Uh, the Wizards, it's kind of disappointing that they couldn't win this game because Miami didn't have Jimmy Butler, but I think they also did get the benefit of that on some of these like uh, Kyle Lowry flops on the three point make. He got like a four point play off of Denny and then he drew a foul of Bradley Beal that got, got him two more free throws. So, um, it's not good that they were. I, you can't complain about the officials too much because the Wizards will probably get some calls the next time they're in Washington. But um, it was a little bit unfortunate that officiating had a role to decide in this game. Yeah, interesting uh, shovel pass there on first and goal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I agree, it's a, a frustrating game when it comes down to free throws. But uh, you, you gotta you got to not foul and you got to make your shots and they didn't do that. So let's get into this next game. Unfortunately against the Boston Celtics, uh, Boston, uh, one, I'm not sure if Carly's still here, but, um, uh, sure this will make her happy. Uh, they won the first quarter 35 to 26. So that's a big outpouring of points. And then outscored them in the second, uh, 37 to 29. So it's, you know, putting up over 70 points in the first half is never a recipe for success. Uh, in the third quarter, 
they would eclipse the previous two quarters and put up 41 points. Uh, and that time the Wizards put up 33. And the Wizards put up 33 in the fourth. And the Celtics only put up 17. But by that point, uh, they had surmounted a 130 to 121. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's really rough uh, when you allow for that many points through the first three quarters. You could pretty much have the best defense in the fourth quarter and you're probably still going to lose that game. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, Bradley Beal put up 30, which was good to see. The Celtics, Jalen uh, uh, Brown had a great game. Just They had a solid game all around. You can see over here uh, that we have six other players in, in double uh, figures, um, and so they kind of did it by committee. Uh, Champ, what are your thoughts on it? Mm, this game was frustrating. This was this game was a disaster, honestly. You and the crazy part about this is the Celtics didn't even have Jason Tatum. He was out with an injury, and seven players went out and scored double figures. And what's even more frustrating, I can, and I'm looking at it now, and I get even more frustrated. Seven of twenty-eight from three-point land. You are that is a crap stat to shoot seven of 28 from beyond the arc. This clearly is not a three-point shooting team. So why are y'all jacking up threes like this? You are not going to win many ball games if you can't even make 10 three-pointers out of 20. If you can't even make 50% of your three-pointers, why are you shooting threes? That is my question. This game was, sorry, Undertaker, this game was so frustrating i mean I'd be happy i don't even want to talk did, about it anymore if you did 30 or 40 percent, but 25 is not good you this, know I, that's that's trash it's absolute trash yeah I, you know but i think i don't know there, there's a whole lot of reasons but you just can't allow for them it's it's really to me it's defense like i i agree on the three-point shooting side of it but like you can't allow 30 or more points in the first three quarters of a game and win it but tim what are some of your thoughts yeah, I agree. It's just uh, Brown killed him. I mean, Tatum didn't play, but the defense was so terrible. The Wizards were out of it um, in the third quarter. And when you're down by 25 after the third quarter, all you can do is just what they did, you know, put up a great fourth just, just to make it seem better for somebody who didn't pay attention. Uh, but they got their ass kicked, basically, and they just played well in garbage time. So, this, this guy right here, points in the paint. They've had 58. They outscored them points in the paint. Why don't they do more of that? Yeah. Right? Because I mean, to speak to what Champ's saying, sure. like, uh, this seemed to be working in a game that's this high scoring. So, like, I don't know. It's just frustrating. Yeah, they, they got to figure it out. Um, but, you know, maybe this was rock bottom because uh, way better tonight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Arun, final thoughts on this game before we move on to the better game from tonight. Yeah, I don't think the Wizards' offense was a problem. They put up 121 points. The problem was their defense, and the Celtics shot 48% from three-point range. And I, Tatum wasn't there, but I'll, I'll just give a side note. I guess Kuzma wasn't there either as well. So I think that was the last – the Celtics were planning to be without Tatum, and I think before warm-up, Kuzma wasn't good to go. So then that left the Wizards even more shorthanded. They already went out Rui, so then they have to rely more on Denny, who's not a great three-point shooter. I don't think 28 three-pointers. There's a lot of three-pointers. Celtics shot 35 three-pointers or 34 three-pointers. And and the Wizards are capable of knocking them down as we'll transition to the next game. 
It also yeah. doesn't help that Boston made every free throw. Yeah. It's it's uh it's rough. All right, let's let's talk about tonight's game. Uh, it started off well for the Wizards over uh, the Timberwolves. They put up 38 points and they only allowed 33. And then they put up 39 in the second and only allowed 25. And then for the third consecutive quarter, they put up above 30 again, 32. This time the Timberwolves did put up 39, made it a little bit closer. But I do like that in the fourth quarter, they kept it every quarter above 32 points with 33 and only allowed for 30 for a 142 to 127 victory. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Porzingis went off 41 points. Bradley Beal at 22. Kuzma at 23. Uh, when you've got 80 points combined like that, uh, you know, from three scores, uh, you're going to be a tough team to beat on any given night. Um, Champ, what are some of your thoughts? Number one, I'm giving me a Papa John's pizza tomorrow with the Code Wiz 50 because they scored over 125 points. I'm happy about that. Number two, Christos Porzingis had his best game as a wizard and his best game of his career. 41 freaking points. Are you kidding me? What a game. Like, this is in, the bounce back game. 31 minutes, needed. too. You Absolutely. Know, yeah. This was the bounce back game they needed. After three straight losses to teams in their own conference, they come back home and they ran the Timberwolves out of our, out of the gym. And that's what they needed. This is the game that they needed right here was to go out there and do this. Kuzma contributed. Bill contributed. Jordan Goodwin, Corey Kisper, people contributed. And then defensively, they played much better than they have been in the past. This was a much better game. Three-point shooting was much better 48 percent so they're almost at the 50 50 mark they shot much better from beyond the arc and though they missed four three free throws that's fine okay but it really didn't make much of a difference with the fact that as robbie just said 80 of your points came from some like a couple of your starters and some of your bench players you like that what more can you ask for from a from from your team than to go out and do that and again chris staff just really just really made me happy going out there and playing the game that he did tonight. So this is an amazing game. Yeah. It's just, I mean, your three starters of your five put up 80 points. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last time a big three has put that up. Uh, but maybe uh, Rune Collette us know that when we get to his part, but Tim, what are your thoughts on, uh, uh, on this game? I think this was probably the best wizards offensive game of the season for sure. Um, they just couldn't miss, and they were definitely moving the ball around. The Timberwolves played bad defense um, for sure, but the Wizards deserve a lot of credit because they did hit pretty much every open shot, and they had a lot of nice drives, so they didn't settle every time. 12 steals, um, too, which I think is an impressive number. Yeah, they they played hard on defense. They played a lot of guys, a lot of energy. Um, they definitely let uh, the T-Wolves – come back a little bit at the end of the first half and the third quarter at the beginning of the third quarter, but they turned it on the second half of the third quarter and just played well till the end. Um, and they were able to empty their bench early. I think when cat got hurt for the T wolves, um, that really let the air out of them a little bit, but, um, Anthony Edwards was great. He, he was just dunking on them and kind of getting, any shot that he wanted, but they just, the T-Wolves could not stop the Wizards and they got too far behind in the first half. Um, 
it's a good win because they're you know T Wolves have talent. They have a lot of size too. So they had almost um, the same record going into this. I want to say yeah, so. Yeah, it's um, it was a feel good win. Not a not a bad team. So if the Wizards can play like this, they're gonna beat um most teams. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Or when was the last time that a big three showed up like that? Was it back when our big three? No, probably more recently than that. But um, eighty points is a lot for three players to put up. Yeah, I think like a couple. I, I think it was. I forget which team. Somebody had like a duo which combined for eighty points. And so I don't think it's. No, I mean like when was the last time the Wizards did it? Like not like ever. Like. But I don't, I don't know, I, probably, I, I mean, Beal probably put up 50, so I'm guessing they probably did. <laughs> they did at some point, yeah. <laughs> so whenever he did that, they probably put up 80, but it, it is a lot of points and probably have to dig more into that because Kuzma's put up like plenty of 36 point, like 35 point games. And I think they're probably at, like they've had 70 at least a couple of times. So it wouldn't be surprising me if this was, they've had did better. But Porzingis, this is a career high for him 41 points. Um, that's even beats his career high with the Knicks. He only had four rebounds, but if you get 41 points, I'll take that. <laughs> and feel yeah. uh, um, much better in, as far as the team aspect, getting everybody involved. And it's a lot easier to get everybody involved when they're knocking down threes at like a 48% three-point clip. And it seems like those three-pointers um, fall when they're at home, but can they fall on the road? Um, I think 16 of their next 20 games are on the road. Uh, Chris Miller was saying that on the broadcast, but good for Porzingis. He apparently was the first time he's been warming up for the game um, and shoot around. Um, so that's good. So maybe he'll do that going forward. Um, it seemed to get him on track. I don't think the Timberwolves are particularly there. It's a weird fit because Towns go bare um, there. It's just like, didn't seem like it was a good fit. I actually think, um this trade that they made they give five first round picks for rudy gobert that's going to probably turn out to be a disastrous trade if all they have to show for it is having a similar record to the wizards like they're probably thinking about like a championship and anthony edwards he's pretty good um he got to the rim a lot but um it's, it's a good for the wizards to get a win against um, even though both teams are in a back-to-back it's um nice for the wizards to get a win um at home before they go on a lot of games on the road yeah as you're talking about it's really important to get this back to back because that road swing is going to be tough i'm looking at the upcoming schedule here so we've got a nets game on wednesday november 30th uh then they play uh that one is in um brooklyn and then uh they go to charlotte uh for the hornets and that game is on friday december 2nd it's a seven o'clock game and they play the lakers on sunday it's another one of those six o'clock games so it's a home game um and so uh those are the three games that we have this week um I'll let each one of you guys pick a game to talk about champ i'm gonna let you go first uh which game do you want to talk about uh, i want to talk about the nets game because um kevin durant there was a quote i saw on uh on, on social media about how he feels like uh, a lot of people don't like him or kyrie irving and all that and everything like that so uh, apparently they have a chip on their shoulder and things like that. And I feel like the Wiz is coming off such a big win over the, the Timberwolves and having to go into their house. Uh, they're going to come in and take that chip off of their shoulder and then shove it right up their ass. That's basically how I feel about that. Um, 
this this Brooklyn Nets team with the amount of talent that they have are not playing up to the level that they should be with the talent that they have. And I think that this Wizards team can take advantage of that, honestly. Um, the only thing that I would say is that they should they should be very, very careful with their shot selection. Don't take so many threes. Like I said, you did a much you did a much better job against the Timberwolves uh, from the three-point line, shooting 48%. But you have to be very, very particular about your three-point shot, especially when you have somebody like a Kevin Durant in there. Uh, ben Simmons' game-time decision with a knee injury, so if he's in there, you have to be mindful of not only him and Kyrie, but also KD as well. So you have to be very mindful. Defense is have, has to be at a premium with this team because of the talent of those of the individual I just named. So if you're going to win this game, you definitely have to be much more defensively sound and you have to be very, very careful with shot selection and making more high percentage shots. And if you're going to, if you have much better looks at three, taking those, but don't take too many because otherwise this next team can take you out at a drop of a hat. I'm calling a win for the Wizards here to go to get a second straight win and take that chip off their shoulders and then throw it at them. Yeah. I agree. All right, uh, Tim, which game do you want to talk about between the Lakers or the Hornets? Um, I guess I'll bite the bullet and do the Hornets because nobody wants to talk about them. Um, but I think this is a winnable game, and the Wizards are are likely to have a three-game win streak. Um, obviously, if uh, the Wizards can beat the Nets, the Hornets are just a bad team this year, one of the worst in the Eastern Conference. Um they do have ball, uh, but just not a lot, of, a ton of talent there. And I think the Wizards definitely need to win a game like this if they're going to make the playoffs this year. So um, I know it's a road game, but the Wizards play pretty well on the road, and it's not necessarily like a sellout. So I like their chances in this one for sure. Also, it's uh, against Ubre, so familiar face. Um, I, I mean, he's been on a lot of teams, so I doubt he really cares about playing the Wizards, but it's just a, you know, kind of a, a good a good alum to play against. Yeah. Uh, Arun, your thoughts on the Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers started off the season really badly at, uh, I think, um, six and – or no, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, they started the season like one and ten, but now they've won five of their past six games, and so – it could be a much tougher test right now. They're currently leading the Indiana Pacers. That being said, Anthony Davis, he's injured and he may not play that game against Washington. So it's kind of a prove-it game um, for the Wizards um, to take care of business, um, which is easier said than done against LeBron James. Even he always has career nights against the Wizards, but um, they will go against Russell Westbrook, who is coming off the bench as a six-man other former Wizards on this team include Troy Brown Jr. and um, Thomas Bryan. So it'll be interesting to see if the Wizards can uh, beat the Lakers in D.C. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about the upcoming games past that um, you know, next week when we break down those three games. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a, a fun night. I uh, appreciate you all for – breaking them down with me. I got a question. Has any of you guys been keeping up with the world cup? If any of you have then I will keep you on for a little breakdown segment, but if not, I'll let you uh, move on. I've watched some, I can, I can help. 
Okay, cool. I'll keep you on, Arun. Have you watched any? Yeah, I've watched. Okay, cool. And Champ, what do you? I guess I'm leaving early because I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm Fuck going to put everybody. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, and I'm going to switch up and put on. All I know, all I know is USA has to win tomorrow. Otherwise, they're out. They have to win. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly uh, that's a good uh, segue. I'm going to let you give a shout out to the No Spots podcast and any other information you want to give uh, the fans. And I'll let you go. And then Tim Maroon and I. Uh, we'll go through uh, the World Cup standings going into the last week here of the uh, of the group stage. Right. So uh, coming up on Thursday, we're back on Thursday with the New Japan Podcast Series World Tag League Super Junior Tag League Rebound, where myself and Sage will be looking back at a busy week for both tournaments. Five cards over the next six nights. Uh, they have a break coming up on Tuesday, and then they're back at it Wednesday. We'll cover it all coming up as well as the week ahead. And then on the pod, weekly podcast on Saturday, streaming on Twitch, we will look back at Survivor Series War Games as well as look ahead to what's going on look back on the week that was and the fallout from survivor series as well so make sure you check us out on twitch.tv slash true no spots pod on thursday and saturday with the podcast audio going up on all podcasting platforms and you can check us out at sportsothp.com and click the partners button for the audio thank you so much champ as always i look forward to hopefully getting a big win over the giants and continuing this hot streak next week. Uh, people should definitely go check out the no spots podcast. I know there's some wrestling fans uh, in chat tonight over on Twitch. I hope that they follow and uh, check out your live pay-per-view stuff and all of your uh, podcast stuff. So it's all a great time over there. Uh, I'll give uh, you a champ command one more time. And uh, thank you so much champ for breaking it down as always. Okay. Can you say <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to uh, get into a World Cup uh, ranking. So I click the right button. I think I did. Oh, awesome. Uh, let me switch up our World Cup graphic. And now we're live talking about the World Cup. So let's go through the groups in order real fast. Um, uh, we've got Netherlands, Ecuador, Senegal, and Qatar. Uh, Qatar lost their first two. Senegal won one and lost one. Ecuador uh, has won one and has a draw. And the Netherlands uh, has won one and a draw. Um, so that's the standings as it is. I mean, uh, if the Netherlands is able to uh, win uh, their next matchup uh, with Qatar, they're in. Ecuador also has a matchup tomorrow. Uh, at 10 a.m. against Senegal. And if they win, they're in. Uh, if Senegal is able to win, though, uh, they would be in. Uh, what are your thoughts, Arun, on this um, you know, group? The, I guess just Qatar is just, like, kind of funny that they ban beer and they're <laughs> also, like, doing other stuff. So then I think they got a little karmic reward for losing both of their games. Although I guess people are impressed that they got a goal in one game. It's kind of bad for the host nation really not to be competitive in either of these games. Yeah. And Tim, what are your thoughts on uh, the matchups tomorrow? Yeah, I agree. Qatar um, struggled. I mean, they did pretty well in qualifying, but I think they had a lot of pressure and bad press got to their heads. I, I like, obviously um, – you know, the Dutch are the most talented team probably in the group, so I think they're going to go through. And I think Ecuador will, will as well because they'll probably get a tie with Senegal, um, you know, just play it safe. And they've looked really good 
Um, so those, that's that's what I like to move forward to the knockout stage. Sounds good. All right, the next one is the all-important Group B. We've uh, talked about it a little bit. England tied their first uh, match, um, uh, and then uh, they win. Um, or, wait, so they won. They beat. They won Iran. the first one. Okay, it's, it's backwards. I, I was reading it the wrong way. So they won their first one against Iran, and then uh, they uh, tied us. Um, and uh, so. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Iran did beat Wales. Uh, Iran plays the United States tomorrow. Again, that game uh, is going to be a two o'clock game. Both of these matchups are. Um, it looks like, well, it'll be interesting to see who gets in, but if the U.S. is able to win, they're in. Um, and uh, England could probably just play for a draw and get in. Um but uh, we'll see how that goes. But Tim, what, what are your thoughts on this group? Yeah, England's uh, really talented and they almost won Euros in the last World Cup. They got to the semis, I think. So most people thought they were going to win this group. They probably will because, I mean, even a loss, they're likely to go through, but they'll probably go for a tie with Wales. And then USA, Iran, I, I, um, I think – the U.S. is slightly favored, but it could go either way. Obviously, there's all this drama and politics, so it's going to be very emotional. Um, you got to worry that one or both of the teams are going to be nervous and not play loose. But I, I do like the U.S. just being young and um, athletic in this tournament. They're not really weighed down by expectations because they didn't even make it last World Cup, so... I think maybe they they have the edge here, um, but I could see I could see a, a tie, also. Yeah, Aaron, what are your thoughts on uh, Group B and the play for tomorrow? Um, yeah, I think the U.S. played pretty well against England, but maybe that tie against Wales will come back to bite them since they had a one nothing lead and Zimmerman committed that kind of foolish penalty in the penalty box, which allowed Wales to tie the game. Um, but they are in control of their own destiny against Iran, but Iran might just be sending everyone back um, because a tie most likely gets them to the next round unless Wales um, somehow beats England, um, which is, I would say, unlikely, but stranger things have happened. But Iran is probably going to be playing for the tie, so it'll make it a little bit more difficult for the U.S. to win. They certainly can um, with all the talent they have, but... Um, they haven't really put – they've only had two goals – I mean, one one goal in the Wales game. Sorry, not two. Uh, zero, zero is the last game. So they need to kind of figure it out on the offensive end. And um, Iran has played um, played Wales much better than the U.S. So um, the U.S. is a better team on paper, but anything can happen. I'm going to look forward. I have no real predictions for this game. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to go through the other groups just really quickly. I'm not going to make predictions on them, but I'm just going to read through it real fast. I'll just get your guys' overall thoughts on who you think is going to advance. Uh, we've got Poland with four points, Argentina with three, but a really important uh, win in their last game. Saudi Arabia has three points as well, and Mexico has one. The upcoming game for uh, Poland is against Argentina at two on Wednesday. Um, and uh, Saudi Arabia plays uh, Mexico at two o'clock on Wednesday as well. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on this group? 
This group is interesting because the Saudi Arabia win over Argentina just kind of um, completely, you know, like revamped everyone's expectations. I still think Argentina is going to go through because they got a big win against Mexico. I don't think Mexico is going to go through because of that game. Um, and I think Poland's going to go through because I think um, they're likely to play for a tie against Argentina. And even if they don't, um, I think they would get in over probably Saudi Arabia or Mexico. So that's what I, that's what I um, pick. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, Arim, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, this will be, I think Argentina, I think if they tie, I don't know, they might be more motivated than Poland or is to get a tie because I think they might find themselves um, looking out, I believe, if like Saudi Arabia manages to like beat Mexico. <laughs> but I think maybe the Saudi Arabia thing was a maybe a bit lucky because I think they, um, Argentina should have had like four it should have been like four nothing, but there were like three offsides calls. So I think Argentina should move on. And um, I don't know, it's between Mexico and Poland. I don't really think, I think Saudi Arabia had a great game against Argentina, but then losing to Poland may have sealed their fate as far as like, it's, I think it's between Mexico. I think Mexico will advance, to be honest with you, but I have no idea really. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be a tough matchup for sure. Uh, group D, uh, France and Australia are at the top of this one. Uh, France has two wins, six points. Um, so so they're in. Um, and Australia has a win in their last game, but lost their first one. And Denmark and Tunisia both tied and lost games. Uh, the uh, matchups in the next one is uh, France versus uh, Tunisia. Again, they don't even, they could just play for a tie in that one. Uh, Australia and Denmark. Uh, all Australia has to do is tie uh, in this one as well. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on Group D? Um, I actually like Denmark and France to go through because I just think um, Denmark is likely to beat Australia and France. will play Tunisia at least tough, even though they're not playing for a lot because they're already definitely going to go through. And France could win again. I mean, they look great so far, so they're dangerous. Yeah, they already have six goals for uh, in that one. And Arun, what are your thoughts on this uh, Group D? Yeah, France will definitely advance. And between Australia and Denmark, I'm not really sure, but I think either of those teams will probably get knocked out in the next round. So I don't really care. <laughs> True. Uh, group E has got Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, and Germany. Um, uh, Spain has four points. Uh, they tied their last one, won their first one. Japan lost their last one, won their first one. They have three points. Costa Rica won their most recent one, but lost their first one. And Germany uh, has a tie and a loss, which is kind of surprising uh, to a lot of people with only one point here. Spain uh, plays Japan on Thursday at two. And uh, Costa Rica plays Germany at the same time, Thursday at two. Um uh, we'll start with you, Tim. What are your thoughts on this uh, group? This is maybe the most interesting group because um, Japan uh, had a big win and um, you thought Spain was completely dominant. And I, they're definitely going to get through, in my opinion. But just the fact that they only tied Germany and Costa Rica looked awful in the first game and then somehow won the second game. It's really up in the air, but... My prediction for that second spot is actually Japan 
I think Germany will win and get to four points, but I just think Japan is likely to tie Spain because Spain might not be playing very hard and um, get through on goal differential. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, I just feel like Germany isn't just – they just don't look great this tournament, um, although their game with Spain was really interesting. Yeah. Arun, what are your thoughts on Group E? Uh, I'm going to go with the chalk of the original Spain and Germany just based on just recently bias against Japan didn't look well. And Germany almost walked away with the 2-1 lead, if not for um, – they missed, like, in the goal in the last seconds against Spain. They seem to have turned it around. And I think they have enough to beat Costa Rica. And I think Spain is probably upset that they tied Germany and will probably beat Japan by multiple goals. Interesting. All right, we got Group F. Uh, Croatia, who was a finalist uh, last year, uh, got a big win in their last game. Uh, they tied their first one. Morocco also with four points. They also tied their first game and got a big win. Belgium uh, got a win in their first game, but a loss. And Canada has lost both games, even though they started well in their most recent game. I, I watched that one, but uh, kind of fell apart in it. Uh, Tim, uh, what are the sorry? The games are. Croatia versus Belgium Thursday at 10 a.m. And then um, the uh, Morocco versus Canada game is also Thursday at 10. This group also is weird to me. Croatia will get through. I also would have picked Belgium for sure, but I just think that um, they're not going to be able to beat Croatia. And Canada is knocked out, and Morocco looks pretty good. And Belgium has all this talent, but they even said they're not as good as last time. So it's like if they're admitting they suck, why why would you trust them? Yeah. Arun, what, who do you think is going to advance from Group F? Uh, Croatia and, I guess, Morocco. Because I think unless Canada puts up a lot better effort, maybe they'll try to play with some pride. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with him here. Yep. All right. Group G, um, Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, Serbia, Brazil, six points, uh, Switzerland, three, Cameroon, and Serbia, both have one, uh, Brazil won both of their games. They're pretty much guaranteed. Uh, and then uh, Switzerland, uh, you've got, uh, they won the first one, lost it. Cameroon, and Serbia tied their most recent games and both lost their first games. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on group G? I do think, um, well, obviously Brazil's through. I think Switzerland will hold on. They have a lot of um, experience against good teams, you know, coming from Europe. Um, but you know, you never know. I thought Cameroon had a chance, but I'm just, I'm going to stick with the top two here. Yeah, Arun, your thoughts? Um, yeah, probably uh, Switzerland, and obviously Brazil's going to advance. <laughs> Yeah, so Switzerland plays Serbia Friday, uh, and uh, Brazil and Cameroon also play Friday at 2. Um, so, yeah, I think that makes sense. All right, last group, uh, Portugal, Ghana, South Korea, Uruguay. Uh, Portugal uh, has won both of their games. Ghana won the most recent one but lost their first game. Uh, South Korea and Uruguay both uh, tied their first game and lost their most recent games. Uh, the Portugal game uh, is against um, South Korea at 10 um, and Ghana over in Uruguay at the same time. Uh, what are your thoughts, Tim? Uh, well, Portugal is through. I think they're also going to um, 
at least tie South Korea um, in the last game because they're just better than them. And I actually like uh, Ghana probably tying and holding on to that spot. But Uruguay is um, a dangerous team. They've gone far in tournaments. So I wouldn't be shocked with them to win, but Ghana look good. Um, They look dangerous on offense. So I'm going to stick with them as the second. Cool. All right. Well, that was pretty awesome. I appreciate you both uh, for joining me on uh, that segment. Maybe we can even do it again uh, next week. Um, And uh, I'll talk to you, Tim, offline, but maybe I'll have you join live uh, in the man cave and if Arun, you want to do it as well. We've got a live hockey game going on next week, uh, but then I, we can also uh, break down the wizards and the world cup as well. uh, If you're interested and have like an early birthday party, uh, here, because uh, my birthday is later on that week, uh, but we'll talk more about that offline, but it's a potential thing that we could do. Uh, but Tim, let people know anything that you want them to know before I let you go. No, it's just a fun show to do a little soccer and uh, discuss the Wizards. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since I've been on, so it's good to get back in the swing of things and hopefully we'll have some more Wizards wins to talk about next time. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Thank you, Tim. Have a good night. Have a good one. And Arun, any final thoughts before uh, we let you go? And I've got a special guest, Andy. He can uh, turn on his camera and mic and get it mic'd up uh, for our next segment as well. But Arun, how are you? Uh, any final thoughts you have uh, before we let you go? Yeah, I just want to shout out a happy 10-year anniversary to uh, the great game on Thanksgiving that RG3 had against the Dallas Cowboys. It was <laughs> nice. probably the greatest game, unironically when they sneak through for, I believe, like four, it was like 35, something like that put up a lot of points against Dallas. And that was probably the peak of the RG3 era. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Let's see if can Andy, there we go. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, primordial sounds. The mod from chat uh, is live. Um, all right, Rarun, well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We're actually going to do a little hype for a raid train that we've got coming up this week that I hope that people do. So we're going to promo that on Facebook as well. But Arun, hopefully uh, we'll have you on next week as well. Um, talking about uh, maybe the commanders, maybe uh, more wizards, maybe a little, even a little more World Cup. Sure, thanks for having me on. Awesome. And we're ha- joined by Primordial Sounds uh, in uh, chat and now on camera as well. Uh, Andy, why don't you unmute yourself and we can see if uh, the audio sounds good. Hello. There you are. Welcome. How What's are you doing, up, Andy? Robbie? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, thank you for sitting awesome through show. our World Cup coverage. I appreciate it. Um, sure. And uh, let me see if I uh i haven't actually thought this part through i was going to grab the um let's see in discord i'm going to grab the graphic that you have on screen oh i can just i forgot i can just pin you and then you can make yours a little bit larger there it is and uh let's see does that work um is it spotlight on yours let's just hide behind it over here oh there you go (laughs) oh you could just make it bigger that works too for some reason i tried spotlighting you on my other thing. Oh, I have to spotlight you on this computer. It all makes sense. Uh, Hi, everybody. Yeah, spotlight <laughs> How's for it everyone. Going, chat? There we go. Whoa, look at that. Whoa. Big all right. Big 
Primordial Sounds or Andy. Um, the uh, the raid train is set up. Why don't you uh, preview it for people who might not uh, be following? I love that you've got the the um, Pokemon graphic on your screen, and we got a double on mine, which on is great. Top of then, the the emo. Yeah, that's pretty great. And then um, uh, so let people know a little bit about your thoughts behind this raid train and uh, uh, who you've got coming on. All right. So, hey, everybody, I'm Andy, Primordial Sounds. You may know me. Um, here to talk about this awesome punk rock raid train that I've put together. It's December 3rd and 4th, Saturday and Sunday. And we've got an amazing lineup. Uh, the idea was just, you know, a bunch of us streamers really like punk and pop punk and ska, that kind of thing. So we wanted to, you know, put this together to honor those those genres and uh so yeah so it starts 11 a.m on the third saturday jeff clark live then at 12 p.m we've got infamous blue tie 1 p.m jillian hayek 2 p.m jxotx who rated, who rated tonight yeah it's yeah. so cool 3 p.m the lg music 4 p.m always andy 5 p.m myself primordial sounds 6 p.m mike's here 7 p.m rick devoice 8 p.m. Joey BG Live, 9 p.m. Kevin Edward Music, and 10 p.m. Dead Flies Music. Then the train takes a rest for a while, refuels and such. Sunday morning, we got Kanosh at 10 a.m. Eastern. These are all Eastern Standard Times, by the way, friends. And uh, 11 a.m., we got Lounge Lizard King. 12 p.m., Carly Sings, our very own mod and friend Carly Sings here. 1 p.m., Gary Lucas Music. 2 p.m. Kalaska, 3 p.m. House of Viejo, and 4 p.m. Voice Unmuted. So that's our lineup. Uh, everybody's going to be playing punk, pop punk, ska, or punkified and skaified jams, that kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, hopefully it'll be a blast. We expect that it will. We can hope you can join us. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got, really. Uh, I know a lot of people have learned new songs, new covers, and some people have a lot of punk originals as well. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm really happy to see everybody get all pumped up for this and, you know, get in the spirit, the punk rock spirit for Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you um, trying to figure out how to stop the pen. Oh, okay, I did it right here. Um, so, yeah, I, I really... Uh, <laughs> um thank you so much for uh highlighting uh some of it i really you know i've enjoyed helping making the emotes and being behind the scenes uh and as part of your team uh it's a really exciting lineup i actually mod for a lot of these people i i don't spend a lot of time on twitch on the weekends it's family time but i really do hope that people go and check it out and uh all weekend long um you can uh you know follow that the graphics will be um, on social medias, I will post it day of as well on my Instagram. Um, and uh, so it's the same name as I am here, Robbie G underscore sports OTHP. It's also at Primordial Sounds um, Instagram as well. Is, is your Instagram the same? I think it is. Uh, primordial dot sounds, I think. Primordial dot sounds. Okay, got and it. And Robbie so. made all these awesome graphics, the emote, the, the flyer, you know. There's an overlay, but we haven't revealed that publicly yes. yet. <laughs> the secret overlay reveal. So, exactly. yeah, I hope that people are able so thank you, to, Robbie. Uh, to stop by. Yeah, of course. Um, 
do you have your audio set up i'm just curious could you play something or is it not set up to do that i just have to plug a guitar in really so it would just take a moment yeah why don't we have them play a quick punk song (laughs) and people could do that but while you do that i will talk about next week's show while you set that up and then uh, we can come back and play one last song before we wrap up sure that sounds good i will get it set up thank you everybody and you know please join us this coming weekend for this awesome event yeah for sure so again it's um on saturday and sunday uh so i hope that people are able to tune in i like that we were able to showcase this on facebook as well uh you can always uh, click over uh to uh, my twitch channel uh we always have a couple more graphics and fun stuff to do and it's, it's been a, a fun night all along uh, i really appreciate everyone for tuning in we're also going to do a raid in a couple of minutes but i will stay for the the song and then i will turn off the audio feed and the facebook after that and then we'll do our post analysis show and our raid um as well as part of that but um uh I'll let you pick a punk song that you want to play. I know that it's always, uh, we're always picking songs for you to play. Uh, I'm a big, obviously, Green Day fan, um, uh, but I also like a lot of your stuff. So I'm down to listen to whatever you want to play tonight. Awesome. That sounds good. All right. Well, so next week, we're going to have a really fun show. It's going to, uh, I don't know if I'm celebrating my birthday next week or the following week on the show because it's weird. My birthday's on a Friday, uh, so I'm still trying to figure that out. But either way, I may have a guest live in. Uh, maybe you get Tim or Aruna to join me. We'll have a live hockey game that starts at 830 against Edmonton. Uh, we'll also recap uh, this week's uh, hockey games. Um, we won't have Gil and Anna on because they'll be watching the games, but I will be breaking down what has happened as well as live scoring. And maybe and anybody in the man cave uh, who's joining me we can also uh, join in on that discussion then we'll have our football talk where we'll recap the giants game and we'll look at how we're doing uh, going into the bye week uh, and then uh, we'll get into our nba roundtable we'll recap all of three of those games we'll preview the upcoming week for that and then we also might do a little bit of a world cup uh, qualifier or the world cup uh, group stage uh, recap uh, next week on who advances and how things are going with the world cup as well so that should be a really fun show and uh with that andy uh what song are you gonna play for us oh i think hold on it's muted on my end oh maybe you're still i'm gonna do um one i just learned recently for this event oh what is that let me see what's i'm sorry what 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 song all right it is um is that loud? I can't. I don't even hear it. I gotta change this real quick for that. Yeah, it's a little loud. Maybe like a touch. It down. is. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hair in your bedroom by Goldfinger. Oh, nice, nice. I used to dig Goldfinger way back in the day. I love uh, just sort of that ska sound a little bit, and um, and uh, they uh, were a fun band. I remember the, one of their songs was on t- uh, Tony Hawk, if I remember correctly um way back in the day and uh, superman i think yeah, yeah superman right exactly so all right well i'm gonna spotlight you again and um are you are you ready to to rock oh almost i'm getting almost. okay okay yeah yeah no rush no rush um but uh yeah um primordial sounds on twitch uh people are on facebook 
We're getting a little bit of crackles. I'm not sure why, but I don't know if that's on my end or. A little bit of crackles? Yeah. It's probably the guitar plug in stuff. Still getting it? I think it's a little better. Uh, I saw a little bit of it, but it's fine. I'm going to let you uh, rock out and I'm going to offend you and mute myself. All right, sounds good. I'm ready whenever you are. All right. Just trying to get this thing scrolling. It doesn't want to work. Any bedroom I can turn my head off The less that I feel is the less that I'm on top I wonder what you think as we lay here in bed I don't know what I'm thinking But it's better for my head When I wake tomorrow still feel the same when I wake up tomorrow you have changed cause I still feel the same cause I still feel the same I, yeah, I still feel the same in the bedroom I turn my head off Less that I feel is less that I'm on top. I wonder what you think as we lay here in bed. I don't know what I'm thinking, but it's better for my head. Wanna wake up tomorrow, but you still feel the same. When I wake up tomorrow, you have changed. I still feel the same Oh, I still feel the same I, yeah, I still feel the same All right, there we go. Awesome. Here in your bedroom, Goldfinger. Still, yeah. you know, kind of working on it, kind of a work in progress, but I really dig that song. So I yeah, I don't do know now. why we're still having the crackles, but I still enjoyed it. I hope that people go to Primordial Sounds and listen to it. That That's definitely on my end with some of the, the Zoom settings are sometimes very strange. Um, so. Yeah, it's so many, could be so many things. Yeah, who knows? But I appreciate the effort and A plus for uh, for for trying to. We really get music on the podcast, so I appreciate that. So, um, but I just want to sign off on the Facebook side real quickly and the audio side. So thanks everyone for tuning in and being a part of uh, episode two ninety one of Sports on the Hill podcast. We called it Commanders defeat Atlanta Caps Roundtable Wizards live game and win in the roundtable. Plus we had World Cup talk, so that was really cool. And I appreciate everyone for being a part of our Facebook live stream as always. And we'll talk to you guys next week for DC sports without the politics sports on the Hill podcast.